Yo, what up, what up? You are listening to a brand new episode of Behind the Baller. This is now a top 10 podcast. Yes, we've been trending in the COVID-19 space for weeks, but uh, uh, sidebar, I am not going to get into much coronavirus talk this episode. Um, But yo, we are battling now against Billion Dollar Corpse while I'm recording out of the motherfucking Million Dollar Man Cave, independent. This is a Dust Brothers production. Motherfuckers, we are getting it in. This is episode 72. I am your host, Ben Baller, the Korean Liam Neeson, the Korean John Cusack. And some of you know me as the Forrest Gump of hip hop, which we are going to get into some Forrest Gump stories today. All right. How the fuck are you guys? How's everyone doing? I know we're still on quarantine. It sucks. But uh, you got to somehow make it a great day. Okay. I know it's Monday and that shit don't matter because it's fucking might as well be Thursday. Everything's the fucking same. Right. Except for those who are working essential jobs. Right. But they're probably, I don't know what days you guys get off. But my old friend, Jackie Bertone, who was a musician and also a watch dealer, I think he passed away. I'm not sure. I hope he didn't. He had multiple sclerosis. I remember I had this discussion with my boy OVO40. But um, Jackie Bertone used to tell me this a lot make it a great day. Okay. Do you understand? Like, oh, have a great day, right? No, no, dog. Make it a great day. You just have to, you know, life wasn't always beautiful for me. It was ugly shit for a a big part of my life. I had to make my life beautiful. Real shit, right? I know some of y'all who are living in smaller apartments are going crazy and I feel for you guys. Um, I was just talking about this two days ago. People like to shame other people for things and this has gotten out of hand, Right. Stop fat shaming. Stop shaming this. Stop this. You know, uh, stop poor shaming. Bitch, shut the fuck up. Now, look, man, on Saturday, some women, they try to come for me. All right. And uh, I replied to a tweet to Chrissy Teigen. Okay. She's a model actress. I don't know. She's a friend. And I said, um, she was talking about how she's been getting a lot of DMs. Lately, like an extremely large amount. And I said, oh, you're getting a lot of DMs? I was like, okay, I get about 100 an hour, mostly of people, for, for people asking me for money. I said, welcome to the club. And then I went about my day. I even fucking forgot that I tweeted that shit, okay? And since it was attached to Chrissy's tweet, right, and it stayed up top, it got a lot of action. And girls were coming at me and people, whatever, blah, blah. They're just pissed off. And it's a tough time right now. They're like, don't flaunt your money. Your entire profile is only about money. You know, maybe you shouldn't have in your profile that you went from minimum wage to 30 million and maybe people wouldn't ask you for money and all this other bullshit. And check, man. I was going to actually let that shit go. But but I got I felt compelled. And I was like, you know what, man? It was late too. It was like real late. It was like midnight, almost midnight on Saturday night. And I was like, nah, I'm going to clap back. Matter of fact, I'm actually going to backhand this girl. And I said, look, I haven't posted shit on my Twitter that refers or represents money, okay? I got about 500 tweets on my Twitter currently, and there's maybe 10, 15 max that's about jewelry, okay? And that's because that's what I do for a living, okay? But check this out. None of my life was by accident. My journey here, anything. How I got to where I am right now, 
right? I put that caption in my Twitter profile, minimum wage to 30 million to motivate people and let them know it's possible to get where I'm at today, even if you worked at fucking Burger King and made less than $4 an hour, okay? Being broke is being broke. I've said this so much. I've had $0 and 0 cents. It don't get more fucking broke than that, okay? I've had $0 and 0 cents to my name, along with some clothes and some shoes, and I had a leased car, all right? Some random bullshit. But I was dead broke twice before I hit 30 years of age, okay? But the most important part was, in my mind, I was not broke. I had a billion, I had trillion dollars in my mind. And so I never stopped. I couldn't. Fuck was I gonna do? Like, I mean, how could you give up in your 20s? You know, no matter how fucking tough it was. If you did drugs, what the fuck? I did everything, right? And it made it even tougher, right? And to this day, I'll tell you, I have never felt bad for buying something nice, luxury car, exotic car, anything else, anything I bought for myself, for my kids, why would I feel bad for having money, right? You crazy? I worked hard as fuck for this money. The, even the money I get now took 30 years to make, okay? This was earned, not given. Get the fuck out of here, man. I've never in my life, never have I ever asked a stranger for money, not during my worst times, so I don't get what the fuck it is with these people today. This shit's just different. Anyways, <laughs> that's how you start the show, right? Uh, check it out. So the big debate right now with the world, uh, specifically the USA, regarding this COVID shit, or actually just the world. I mean, this is it's. I mean, it is COVID related, right? Because it's it's because of coronavirus that we're in this situation with the economy. But the big debate right now is: Do we open the economy back up? Do we open businesses back up? I'm saying, okay, if so, how and when, right? Like, we can't open no motherfucking businesses in May. Like, it's just not smart, period. Like, I'm just wondering, do you guys realize if we open businesses back up with social distancing and masks, we got to open the schools back up too then, if we do this in May? Because a lot of the working class people have kids and they got to work, right? So how can they go back to work if the kids are at home, okay? So the summer is the soonest it could happen. If they remain to keep the law of having a mask on and a social distancing type type of things, and if that happens, it's gonna have to happen for at least a year or more, maybe two years, and it might could work. But movie theaters, sporting events, bars, restaurants, nightclubs, that shit ain't gonna happen for a year or more, at least, right? I mean, if you do that thermometer check that some people are doing in restaurants, but then again, man, you got the people who are fucking asymptomatic, right? And you wouldn't fucking know they're carrying the virus. They got no symptoms. They got no fever. You know, again, I don't know. So that is the big debate right now. Look, man, I want this shit to open up. And uh, I got a story I'm about to tell right now about experiencing people wearing masks now and it's better. But, you know, this school shit's really crazy. It concerns me because what happens in September when school opens back up, right? Or if it, if it does, London's got to get homeschooled. There's no fucking way I can't, like, what am I going to do? You know, it, it sucks. And if I have London, I can't have Ryder going to London State. You know, they all got to stay home, all three kids. And Kaya being, you know, preschool at that point. So 
This is just a fucking shitty situation all the way around. Stresses everyone out in my life, in my family. And if it doesn't affect you, look, man, some people aren't affected by the health issues, right? They're okay. They're they're healthy. They're young. They're skinny. They ain't got to worry about that type of shit, right? But then maybe their paper ain't that good. Whereas my paper's good, but then I got something more important to deal with than money. I got my, my, my family's health, my son. So, you know, it's a trade-off. It's fucked up situation. Anyways, um... Yesterday was Easter. Um, for those of you who really know me, who really follow me, who have paid attention, I haven't spoken about it on the podcast before because this is the first Easter we've had during my podcast days. And uh, I've talked about it on my stories and different things, right? Easter is my kid's favorite holiday. There hasn't been one year in the last seven years where we didn't go to the Americana and take pictures with the Easter bunny. That is a fucking family tradition, all right, this year we obviously did not go to the Americana, and uh, um, my kids like like London. He he likes Easter more than Christmas. Okay, I think eventually, real soon, Christmas is going to defeat you know. And then once London kind of sways towards Christmas, then the kids will sway. He kind of like he leads the direction right in the house with the kids. But London grew up loving, and he was obsessed with Kinder eggs. That I'm sure you guys remember during like that 2013, 14. Up to 2015, I was like, every time I went out of the country, and asked, because Kinder Eggs are illegal in America, the real Kinder Eggs, not the little fucking bullshit ones they got, the Kinder Joys. Um, but he would watch YouTube shits. He was just fucking crazy. So Easter has always been big for him. Every fucking Easter, we go to the fucking Langham Hotel. Their Easter egg hunt is off the chain. Their fucking uh, buffet is fucking excellent. It's a fucking blast. It's a beautiful fucking place. It's, it's like, you don't feel like you're in Los Angeles. The kids love it. And um, because I was so fucking consumed in this fucking RZA DJ Premier hip hop battle, I forgot it was fucking Easter, right? My mind's on a whole other bunch of things. And, you know, it's like, who the fuck's going to celebrate Easter, right? And uh, my wife text messages me and she's like, hey, you think you want to go out and get the kids other stuff? And I'm like, fuck, man, totally fucking forgot, right? And it's a big deal for my kids. I don't want to, that's the more, more important than anything. Like if my shit's fucked up, cool. Kids, I don't want them to fucking, I mean, I know they know that they're home for a very long amount of time. But, you know, it's just, you know, I, I, this will pass, I hope. So uh, I stepped out of the house last night uh, around 8 p.m. I'm sorry, two nights ago. Realized Target and CVS and even some grocery stores are on limited hours. I, I don't go out at nighttime, period. I haven't been out at nighttime once in six weeks. You know, I've, we've been quarantined for like fucking 45 days. I, I, I've been out very little. And so, you know, these places are closing at 9 p.m. I pull up the Target. And it's fucking packed, right? Not like ridiculously packed, but it's packed. You know, the parking lot's definitely crowded. Every single person had a mask on, which which made me feel really good, right? And uh, I saw a line to get in due to social distancing. They were letting in like five to 10 people at a time. And so um, I'm seeing these people and then I pull around the corner of the store and I see another 100 people waiting in line. I'm like, nah, fuck that. It's eight o'clock. I only got an hour. I might fuck around being in this line for 30 minutes. I'm not, I don't really want to be around anybody lingering. Not everyone got an N95. They just wearing like regular masks, medical masks. I'm good. I smashed over to a CVS. That was like the parking lot was empty. I was like, all right, cool. It's chill. I went in. It was like three people in there. I got my kids all their goodies because I couldn't let them miss their annual gift baskets. Some of you right now are listening to this and are less fortunate. And I am sorry for that. Again, this was earned, not given. I did everything in the fucking world to make sure that when I had kids, I was going to be fucking pandemic proof 
whatever the fuck it was going to happen, whatever it was, I made sure I was financially secure. I didn't want to have kids when I was 20. Didn't want to have kids when I was brought. I don't want to put my kids through that shit. I don't give a fuck what it was, right? So I was working on a certain time. Anyways, my wife is the one who usually goes out and gets their baskets and gets them all set up. And then, you know, we go to Langham Motel and do the Easter egg hunt and whatever else and have our, our family time. My wife and everything, we're very big on, you know, spending time with the family, her mom, her dad, her brother. But I am the only one that is allowed out of the house to get things, all right? So I get there, everything is available. So I start looking at random other shit. Uh, they don't have sanitizer. There's no rubbing alcohol. Um, but they had toilet paper, you know, bottle waters everywhere, whatever, everything else. By the way, shout out to Eternal Water. That's my new water. That's my new shit. Uh, anyways, it was crazy. Some guy walked in while I was waiting in line to pay and he didn't have a mask on. And a lady told him behind the counter, she's like, hey, you can't go inside. You can't shop. Sorry. You have to have a mask on. And the dude was like, hey, don't worry about it. I'm just going to cover my face with my shirt. You know, I, I just need to get something. I need to get some, some Tylenol. And she's like, no, sorry, I, sir, you cannot come in. And the security guard walks over to him. Security guard has a mask. He has gloves on. And he's armed with a gun. I've never seen a motherfucking CVS security guard, first of all, never seen a security guard with a gun, especially in a nice neighborhood, right? So he escorts dude out. And uh, I'm masked up. In fact, I wore two masks, right? So... I had a mask I've been wearing, like I wore already, you know, four times, right? And, you know, you're not supposed to wear a mask after three days, depending on what it is. It lessens the chances, whatever. So I put that N95 mask on, and then I put a can 95 Freshie over that bitch. Fuck it. You know, I'm a double mask up on this bitch, right? That's the flex, right? And uh, I'm in the track hawk, and I'm fucking wiping down the door handle, the fucking steering wheel, all that shit. I'm wearing gloves. I got sanitizer in my pocket. I'm ready to, I'm ready for Freddy, okay? So I got all I needed. I shook the spot when I'm paying the cashier at CVS. There's three cashiers. They all have a four foot tall removable plexiglass window. Like it blocks everything so that she can't catch no droplets. No one can spit in her face, whatever. It's like, you know, like a bank or some shit, right? And all the cashiers wearing masks too. It's crazy, man. It, it just it just feels safe and safer, right? Because they can't spit shit out. We can't spit things out. If everyone's wearing masks, it definitely helps a lot. I never thought about that early on because I didn't think it'd be, you know, it's just, it was an Asian thing and now it's an American thing, right? We're going to adopt that culture from Japanese people and Chinese people, which is dope. Um, now, of course, your hands touch a lot of shit and, you know, because you're wearing a mask, whatever, you got to make sure that every time you touch anything, you wash your hands, you use sanitizer, whatever it is. You got to make sure whatever you touch and you can touch whatever the fuck you want to, right? Just don't touch your mouth, don't touch your nose, touch your eyes after touching anything. Now look, it's a bitch to what, like, look, I'll give you an example. You touch a plastic bottle case of, of water, right? You know, a case of water, all plastic bottles, whatever. Touching that, boom. And then you got a plastic bag and then you have all the shit in there. It could be shampoo, it could be fucking, you know, anything, right? Box. And you got to put that in there. Now you load it into your trunk. What are you going to do? Some of that shit might have touched your shirt, whatever, blah, blah. That's not the concern part. Now, you got to open the door on your on your door handle. What do you got to do? You got to put some fucking sanitizer on your hands, okay? Get the sanitizer real good so that you don't close the door on the inside with the fucking dirty infected hand that could have touched some shit, who knows? And before you touch your steering wheel, you make sure your hands, your hands are clean, right? You got to do that. That's a fucking bitch. You got to do it every single time. It is mandatory, all right? When you get home after being outside, you take off all your clothes or your surface clothes, right? Your jacket, your pants, your hoodie, whatever it is. And then you put them in the dirty laundry area, okay? 
and you change. Anyways, Easter was lit for my kids. We had an Easter egg hunt and, uh, you know, I hid a bunch of eggs while my wife was getting the kids dressed up. And um, it was yesterday, you know, and uh, my mother-in-law made some uh, longanisa. And anyways, I did an Easter egg hunt, hid all the eggs and shit. And we had this one golden egg. And I don't know, it's a thing that, that has happened in the last couple of years. And I put $20 in it. Ryder found the egg. London and Ryder got into a fight over the fucking Easter egg, whatever. But the cute thing was Ryder ended up giving the $20 and the golden egg to Kaya. But they were really happy. They are just having a fucking blast. I heard them, you know, I went to bed mad late Saturday night, woke up Sunday because they're all going crazy. And I heard them. Um, my mother-in-law, who's been quarantined for over two weeks, she came over and uh, she cooked, like I said, Filipino breakfast. And I fucking missed that shit like crazy. And now she's going to stay with us for a while to help us. She missed the kids so much. She had cried. You know, she's FaceTime. She's calling my son, Ryder. You know, Ryder's picking up the phone like it's funny. And uh, my mother-in-law is a great person. She's fucking amazing. But it was a great day. And uh, like I said, I'm sure others are going through it. It sucks. It's not fun. But again, I prepared for these days, man. I saved. I worked decades for this life. And I'm not going to let it ruin my kids' lives. You know, I'll let it fuck with me and mostly my mental and nerves and uh, that's what's, re- what's really fucking killing me. I- I'm suffering the most from my nerves and like um, anxiety. I got so much anxiety lately. Real talk, like it's crazy. It's like it's COVID anxiety and it's been driving me crazy because um, if this shit goes on with the half-ass economy, right? With this whatever semi-economy going on, it doesn't really, and it could take for a while for it's really open. I'm going to be eating in my savings, right? It's just, you know, it is what it is. And I've been trying my hardest not to get, you know, super lit all day long. You know, instead I get high like two to three times a day. I mean, I was going from, I I used to smoke, you know, 10 to 15 times a day, right? But it's crazy. Now I'm thinking about it because the Dust Brothers just here right before the quarantine lockdown and just sharing a joint ain't safe anymore. I'd have to roll up fucking three joints, one for Miles, one for me, one for Jordan. But anyways, um, it's all good. That's why savings is there. It's not part of my kid's trust. It's totally separate. Uh, once we do get the economy back popping and shit is popping, um, I got a plan, you know, I'm gonna let my housekeeper, my nanny, the other home workers, um, I'm allow them back in the house, like in June, maybe, um, I'll have an N95 mask for them, you know, and, uh, after three days, switch them out. My wife made masks as well, uh, make them wear gloves. I'll provide slides for all of them. I'll provide hoodies for all of them to wear whenever they enter the home just to protect all of us, obviously, especially London. We got to do what we got to do, you know, and then wash that shit and just start all over. But yo, check it out, man. I got a special guest and, you know, we don't usually have guests on the weekend wrap up. Uh, I've only had like, what, two guests before. But this guy is something good for the for any episode, right? His name is Mr. Checkpoint and he alerts people of police. He's like the Warner brother, right? He warns the brother about 5-0. And uh, he lets people know of higher patrol, sheriffs, police, whatever, are doing checkpoints. And uh, yeah, man, let's get into that right now. But first, a little lakey. Bespoke Post, a.k.a. Box of Awesome, is an official sponsor of this Behind the Baller episode. I've partnered with Bespoke Post to give all my listeners 20% off your first box. Bespoke 
Post is the kind of service everyone needs. Every month, subscribers get to choose a themed box of awesome filled with unique items from style and grooming gear to items for your home and outdoor gear. Examples of products include barware, whiskey barrel aging kits, weekender bags, and outdoor hammocks. Perfect for a lazy day in quarantine. Box of Awesome has been carefully building collections from the kind of products you wouldn't find in most stores or even on Amazon. On the first of each month, they will send you an email listing of what is going to be in your box, and you can switch or skip if the box doesn't appeal to you and you won't be charged if you skip. Plus, you can cancel at any time. To try it out, all you got to do is sign up for free. Take the quiz on what you like and don't like, and Box of Awesome will handpick your first box on the spot. Best of all, every box is packed with over $75 worth of gear inside, but it only costs you $45. So that is a ton of value. As a bonus, you'll get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code BALLER20 at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code BALLER20 for 20% off your first box. Yo, what up, everybody? You are listening to Behind the Baller, and now this is the weekend wrap-up. And uh, you already know we never have guests on the weekend wrap-up, but this is something special, all right? We got a dude who is for the people. He helps you Get the fuck out of a situation that could be real bad, okay? But anyways, yo, we got Mr. Checkpoint in the house. Yo, Mr. Checkpoint, what's good, baby? What's up, bro? Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Happy Easter. Yeah, happy Easter, dog. So uh, tell the people, dog, well, who are you? So my name is Senate. I'm uh, born and raised in L.A. or Northridge originally. Um, lived all over, but really I come from a family of attorneys, and I decided to use the information that I learned from them and share it with people. Uh, it started really in San Diego. I found they were using checkpoints to target Hispanics in Chula Vista and Escondido. And I decided to use Twitter at that time. It was 2011 and say, hey, checkpoint here, checkpoint there. I went to the checkpoints with a sign that said checkpoint ahead. These checkpoints would have no bars, no nightclubs in them. The whole intention of the checkpoint was to target people who didn't have a license or insurance. But, you know, many states in our country find DUI checkpoints unconstitutional because we're supposed to be able to travel freely without being asked where you're going and where you're coming from. But because they say DUI is so bad and so dangerous, this is a reason we should extend those circumstances. But when they're using them to then target people and neighborhoods i thought people should know where they are part of checkpoints being legal is is actually supposed to be telling the public where they are and it's supposed to deter drunk driving because when people know about checkpoints they'll make responsible decisions so the point is i was using social media sharing where the checkpoints were i had my own experience with police where they said things where i was like damn i wish i had that recorded so that's exactly what i did i would always use my phone to film the police I was pulled over in 2013 in Santa Monica. I ended up, the cop ended up asking if I'd follow his finger. It was 9.30 at night. 
And I said, no, he ended up uh, having me get out of the car. I spent a night in jail. (laughs) I was recording the whole thing, though, with my phone. So even before I pulled over, I hit record on my phone and I put the phone down. And then I have the dialogue with the officer. And uh, I actually had Oxycontin in my car, like prescribed to me. So he went for, he kept saying in the video, like, I'm going to take you to jail for drunk driving if you don't follow my finger. But because he found the pills when I was out of the car, he was like, oh, I'm going to make this guy like get a drug test, a blood test, see what's in his system. And I think he's on this, this, these pills that I found in his car. He's trying to look like he knew all about this. But when they got my blood results three months later, it was clean. So the DUI, there was nothing filed against me. But I did spend the night in jail because I had the audio. I was able to go to a lawyer. They took the case for free because they heard the audio and they were like, wow, this guy punished you for exercising your rights. Three years later, I got $70,000 check from Santa Monica Police Department. And the point of now my mission is telling people to always film the police. We know what fuck the police comes from, right? That comes from pain and suffering that I think people feel from police. It's not like you're born thinking, fuck the police. It's like you see your cousin, your brother, your family member, something happened, and then you're like, wow, that's wrong. But the best way to do that really is to film the police. It also can expose good cops too. Like I'm sure there's cops. I know there's cops that do good. They should get awarded and rewarded. And cops who do bad, I mean... We, the public should know, and I think they should be fired. And um, so, yeah, that's what I do. During Corona time, I've been activating a lot of help and trying to, like, give resources to the community regarding job availability, like using my Instagram as a resource center. Um, I've had people, like, meet up. Well, before it was really bad, to be honest. People were, like, meeting up because there wasn't supplies for people. So a guy in Ventura County drove to a guy in Pomona to give him diapers and he needed them. But now people are get I have an Amazon wish list. People are buying shit for the homeless. It goes to me and then I distribute it safely. Oh, and that's where we're at. That's amazing, bro. Um, I'm sorry, dog. I, I gotta we gotta rewind, homie. We have to go back. Why the fuck you have <laughs> why you have a fucking prescription for oxycontin, dog? I'm sorry, man. <laughs> so you know, like the thing that girls say when they get a nose job, they say they had deviated septum, right? Yeah. Surgery. Or men do that too. I don't know. But the thing is, I actually had deviated deviated septum surgery. I did not have a nose job though. And it was like literally after that. So I couldn't smoke weed or anything. I was prescribed those pills for the pain, but I never took them because I really just don't like pills. So... That's how I had them in my car, but I, I, I never even had them, and they weren't in my system. How long ago was this, bro? This was 2013. Jesus, bro, do, do you have any idea? You, you said Oxycontin for sure, right? Yeah, Oxy. Do you remember, were, were they 30s, 60s? Do you remember? <laughs> You're hilarious. I have no idea, bro. I literally got were they blue? Thing. Do you remember were they blue? Were they green? Were they you know you don't remember what color? I they thought were? they were white, to be honest. Okay, let me explain to you real quick. Legit oxycontins right now, homeboy. They're they're probably three fifty, four hundred a pill right now. They discontinued them right around that time. What's crazy is, um, I went back 
when I got my car back, everything was in my car, right? But my pr- prescription pills, prescription pills, right? right? Yeah, yeah, it's all good. I mean, I get it. It wasn't there. I went back to the station. I never got those back. That's a fact. Yeah, that's some bullshit. And again, like I said, they're going for it. Like if you, let's just say, which I doubt it. That there's like, let's say, for instance, you got a Percocet for like a, you know, like a pulled teeth. You got like your um, wisdom teeth pulled or you got like Norco or Vicodin, basic shit for your back pain, they'll give you like a prescription of 30, depending how bad your pain is, motorcycle accident, maybe 60. I don't give a fuck if you got shot by a shotgun. Bro, they ain't giving you motherfucking more than like 10, you know, nine, maybe 15, because that's a serious, that's like the strongest fucking like, and again, anyways, Oxycons are crazy expensive. I used to have a friend who was addicted to them, and I had no idea the street value was that, they're insane. It's like, it's like buying a bottle of Dom Perignon at the club, you know, one bottle per pill. So it's, it's just crazy. Um, tell the people, what's the best thing to do the moment they're pulled over? Like as soon as they're pulled over, whether they're guilty or not, what should they do? Great question. So I'm not a lawyer and this isn't legal advice, but what I do is I safely grab my phone and I hit record and I do that from the lock screen of the iPhone. I like to have the phone locked. Now, when the cop comes to the window, the phone's already recording. There's no need to hold the phone. The last thing you want to do is hold the phone, point it at the cop, any of that. The phone, you don't need the video. What you need is the audio. Yeah, I get it. And that's that's how I got the money. So now when the cop comes to your door, and now I'm just going to repeat pretty much a, a, a dialogue that um, you know, the Pop Brothers at Law, right? Yeah, of course. I, not, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. They were on uh, my boy Mac Rapport show, and I've heard them several times. Good dude, smart guys. So go on. Smart and good. And, and, and I follow the same, pretty much the same thing. And it's like the cops can ask, do you know why I pulled you over? And you can ask them, why did you pull me over? Right? Yeah. You're asking them a question. I'm a big fan of asking them questions. If you think about it, you're recording. Anything you get them to say if your recording is now helpful for you for the first time, right? Yeah. Now, um, so then the cop's like, oh, you know, uh, you're going to say, why are you pulling me over? And he's going to say something. And then, you, you know, I, I'm all about being polite. The number one thing I think is you got to act like you're talking in front of a grandparent. Think about like the, a jury. If all this goes really bad, think of a jury listening to your traffic stop. Like, how do you expect them to think about you? I understand we have the right freedom of speech and we could curse at the police and say things. But when a jury hears that, they're not going to be on your side. So I'm all about being polite and respectful. You show them your ID, this and that. But I'm also about exercising your rights. So you would, I would refuse any and all searches. If I'm in California, I would never follow the finger regarding a field sobriety test i would never walk the line okay stop and i would simply real quick i'm so sorry look at i've heard a lot of things shit bro i mean i'm older than you i've been pulled over more than anybody you know wow that's crazy i never heard that one i mean i'm going to use it but i mean i don't i've never got stopped for that but why not follow the eye test all right so in california again we don't legally have to do the follow the eye test think about the tests that are uh subjective it's a the opinion of the officer right right like if you the way he counts the way you look this all of that's opinion the test that you have to do in california would be a urine a blood a breathalyzer a chemical a chemical breath test yeah 
There is a pass device. It's a handheld breath test that you can refuse to if you've never been. Uh, if you don't have a DUI before and you're over 21, you can refuse the handheld breathalyzer. Yeah. But if other, but it, uh, anyway, that one's a little specific. But as far as walk the line, follow the finger, stand on one leg, all of those are voluntarily voluntary. The cop's going to say you have to do them. That's what the cop said. If you don't do it, I'm going to take you to jail. I right. said, okay. You're not going to win a fight with a cop. He has no, the I gun, the badge, the I cups, get it. you know? I get it. But, but I was just curious because um, I, I didn't know that because remember, I, I think we had this discussion before and uh, from a really good attorney, he had told me, refuse the breathalyzer, refuse the blood test, refuse the, the urine test. Now, you're going to get arrested. Do you know what I mean? And there's their thing. If you refuse this, just so you know, you're admitting guilt. And be like, listen, man, you, you just say, look, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not taking any test. Yeah, no, no, as far as that one, and this is just, you know, I've seen people do this, and it's up to you, and as far as I understand it, <clears throat> if you refuse the blood, the urine, and the chemical breath test, if you refuse those tests, <clears throat> you will go to jail, you will spend that night in jail, you will not get a DUI, because think about it, they didn't they didn't charge you, with, yeah. but you will get a refusal, and what a refusal is, a, is a guaranteed one-year suspension of driving, if you do two refusals, it's going to be two-year ref- suspension of driving, and it goes up each time. I think there's also a, a, a fee with that. Okay, that's good the to one, know. You know, so if, if, yeah, if you don't want to get a DUI on your record and you can afford not to drive for the year, then that's something you can consider, and all you have on your record is a refusal. You don't have a DUI. Senate, you know what, bro? Honestly, to tell you the truth, let me correct myself. They must have updated the law because when I heard this and when this actually happened, this was 19 years ago, Doc. So it's a lot has Holy happened shit. since a lot has happened in 19 years. I'm so sorry. Look at man. I had a crazy reminiscent fucking day of like the late 90s and 2000, 2001, 2002, 2003. Um, that was when my boy, who's actually the craziest part about this whole story, and they call me the Forrest Gump of hip hop and everything else. This is a good friend of mine. He's an actor. Um, he's been on a bunch of TV shows. One of one of the, like he was a co-star of the movie called He Got Game, with Denzel Washington and everything. And uh, okay. he's been in a few Spike Lee movies. And uh, the crazy part is a lot of people don't know this. His name is Hill Harper. He played Booger, and He Got Game. He graduated Harvard Law School, and this guy went to Browns. This guy went to one of the best. You know, he's, one he's black, so that's like he went through all the bullshit, all the racism, everything. Then he graduated, went to one of the best schools in the world. Second part. He's fucking Barack Obama's roommate in college. You know, it was just like the most insane shit. But anyways, going on, he knew a lot about the law and stuff. And, and the thing is, I'm only telling people, and you're telling people, this is if you did get drunk or you're kind of, you know, you know you're going to fucking fail a test. I mean, boom, obviously you spend the night in jail, you know, blah, blah, whatever. By the time they test you, you're good. But now that they have this refusal law and you're going to get your, you know, they'll suspend your license regardless, there's no win. So don't, don't listen to what I just said. Listen to what Senate said. And, um, yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're, see, for me, if I'm a hundred percent sober, I'll end up doing the, uh, that, the, one of those mandatory things, right. And I'll just have to then wait for the results. You know, they did find marijuana in my system, but it was at a nanogram level where they, could, yeah. they determined at that time I wasn't high. I bet you if they knew who I was and what I was going to do, they would have been like, wait, there's one nanogram fucking charge the DUI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's up. It's at discretion. So my question, okay, sorry, I cut you off. So um, you're telling me something 
and I don't, you know, I'm like, look, bro, I've, I've known so much about this shit. You know, when I get pulled over, I'm usually very rude. I'm not pleasant. Um, most of the time I can be nice, but what you said is very true. When you're sitting in a courtroom, because I've been in a court in front of a jury, when you're sitting in front of a jury, someone like me, especially bald head tattoos, you know, I already look like a fucking asshole. You know, it, look, I, I could be completely covered in a suit for some reason. Like that guy's a fucking dick. I can tell <laughs> yeah. that, that's just me, you know? So with that said, what he's saying is true. You know, you want the jury to be like, Hey, this guy was very nice. He was polite. He was being, you know, really helpful. And again, understand this. If you have a newer iPhone or not even a newer iPhone, if you have a newer, you have the latest iOS on your phone, you can press your, your actual screen. Don't touch any home buttons or anything. Just touch the screen and push the camera button so you never have your phone never unlocked because you never know what kind of fucking pictures you got in your shit or anything. You never want to give access to your fucking phone ever. And he's smart. It's okay. So you're recording, you're acting very nicely you refuse uh, any search. By the way, they don't. You're not. There's never, unless you have a felony, and they ask you a question all the time. It's, it's a loaded question, by the way. They're gonna say, "Hey, have you ever been in jail before?" Now, there's there's two things, right? Have you ever been arrested and convicted of a, a felony, or have you ever been? In, you could go to jail, right? Like Senate went to jail for whatever. You you know that's a trick question. He wasn't convicted of anything, and he has nothing, so it's not. It's it doesn't matter. They want to know if you've been convicted of a felony. You've been in jail for that. So. Once you answer yes or no, if you say yes, now your rights go out the window and they can search your car. And if the thing is, if you stumble on that question, now they're like, oh, you're stumbling. You yeah. know what I mean? And on my transcript of my DUI, he said the cop in my police report said that I was antagonistic and I had slurred speech. And when the judge heard my uh, when the judge heard my audio, the judge was like, no, you were antagonistic to the officer. And nice. he's like, he was methodic and thinking about what he was going to say next and probably nervous. You know, it was like that kind of tone, nice. which was just the reality. And that's exactly the point. The jury is made up of like pretty much old people. Like, yeah, it is like grandparents and stuff. And I mean, think about all the fucking people who actually answered the fucking jury letter. Like you couldn't get the <laughs> exactly. fuck out of jury. So it was, come on, dog. But anyways, real quick, the, um, I've been in several fights with like, you know, with the police. I went to fight a ticket, boom, whatever. I've won in court before. I've had a jury. I've had the, the judge be on my side and it was amazing. I actually ended up with the cop in the elevator after and I, I stood maybe six inches from the cop. I was like, yeah, dog, what up now, doggy? And I was like talking, you know, and it was crazy because he could obviously fucking just, you know, made it worse for me. But so what else? I mean, is there anything else you should do while, while you're being pulled over? You know, I mean, if it's it just pretty much it's, just it's, to be it's pleasant. Pretty, it, it's yeah it's, it's be pleasant but refuse any searches don't answer any questions and the way you politely do that is you just at some point you say i don't answer questions when they ask you another question you say i invoke the fifth you have to legally say i invoke the fifth to invoke the fifth and the fifth amendment is where you don't say another word and if you do that you literally don't have to say anything and you know I even am learning. Like, I think I learned it and I won the 70 grand and even something like, do you know what time it is? And I said, I don't know. Like, they're like, how do you not know what time it is? Right? Like they're going to use anything of course, they can against you. So the whole point is you say nothing. It's hard to do. Okay. So my um, question is this, let's say for instance, they're like, okay, Hey, I'm a cop. And I say, uh, um, so Senate, where were you, where are you driving from? And you say what? Why'd you pull me over, officer? And then I'm like, um, 
you're driving too fast. Okay, so are you going to give me a ticket? or? I mean, pretty much, I do think, look, man, if you say you invoke the fifth, which I've never done before, right? I, I would say whatever. I would say I wanted to say that. Now, at that point, if the guy just pulled me over for nothing, like literally nothing, I mean, don't, don't you just tell him, like, oh, sir, am I being detained? Am I being detained? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That That's at some point if they keep asking questions, and you're like, am I being detained or am I free to go? Oh, yeah. no, you're being detained. Okay, I invoke the fifth. All right. And then after that, if they can't ask you any questions, they just basically write you a ticket and be on the way, correct? Correct. Or the reality is this, though. We got to remember that what they are allowed to do and what they do are two different things, True. okay? And so, yes, that sounded good what you just said, but we all know they might say, well, you're not going to talk to me. Step out of the car, right? Okay. Now, what I would do, I get out of the car. Why? One, I know I'm filming, right? I know there's right. now a transcript somehow of it. Two, what's the? what if I don't? I know he's going to yank me out of the car. But legally he you know can't. He legally can't, but what can he physically do? What do we see all the time? Yeah, I know. They do it. I'm just and then saying. If you resist that, then they take out their taser. If you resist that, they take out their gun. Right. It's not worth it. And so following commands, in my opinion, this isn't legal advice, but following commands that you know are wrong and that you should, they, you know, just because we have that right. And I'm someone that's always about exercising them, but at a physical level, we are not going to win. Uh, listen, bro, I'm not trying to get physical. And I've seen one of my boys, Harry, way back in the day, he got drunk as shit and they got handcuffed and he was drunk as fuck. Then while, while he was handcuffed, the cop was giving him all kinds of crazy trouble. Somehow, some way, he was able to get the cop in a headlock, and he was jumping up and down, screaming at the cop, and the cop couldn't do nothing because my boy Harry is a beast. He's strong as shit. He's a rugby player. And he was jumping up and down while being handcuffed, choking the fucking cop, and was saying, you're being unfair. You're being unfair. Anyways, <laughs> going on. Um, what's the craziest pullover story you've ever seen or heard? It would have to be... Um, it's, it's this. This guy... He woke up and he was in a motel. He said it was 2 a.m. <laughs> and he heard dogs barking and he's like, I, and I saw blue and red lights and I thought of always film the police. And so he started recording out like this balcony. And dude, you see this like big dude get out. He, he looks like Mexican and he's like facing him and he puts his hands up right away. He's walking towards the cops. Then he's walking backwards. Cop, the dogs are going crazy. Guns are drawn. All of them. All of them are drawn. Um, and the guy is backing up and then gets on his knees. Anyway, they let the cops go on him and start beating this guy up. And the craziest thing is I post that video. And then about two months later, I get a, a message on Facebook and I don't really check Facebook. Like, you know how the Instagram post is posting yeah. Facebook, if you know what I mean? Okay, so it was weird. I checked this message, and the guy's like, how did you get this video? And I'm like, oh, like someone sent it to me through Checkpoint, whatever. He's like, that's me in the video. This guy had like almost a dozen or more stitches from the dog. He was charged with resisting arrest. And like here, this video saves him because not only is it like, oh, okay, clearly I wasn't resisting. But he was pulled over because there was a robbery in the area and they thought it was him, but it was the wrong guy. And here he's like fighting a charge. Just that's bad luck. You know what I mean? That's wrong place, that's fucking wrong time. crazy, dog. 
Told me he got a, he told fact, me he got a million dollars, bro. Told me he got a million. I mean, that's still going on. Like shit takes time. That's what's crazy. It takes years. That cop, all those cops are probably still on the force for sure. It's the accountability in police departments is disgusting. And I can only sum it up best by an officer and what he told me in uniform. We were having pizza on Beverly Drive, okay? He was in uniform. I was like on my skateboard, probably feeding people's expired meters. And he's like, he recognized me and he's like, you want to get a slice? I'm like, sir. I was telling him how bad the accountability is with police. And his response was, you know where it's worse? And I'm like, where? And he's like, the priest and the pedophiles. Oh and I'm like, God. I said, bro, how sick of you to compare it to just the most foulest thing that I could ever imagine. And I said, but more importantly, what's even more gross is if I have kids, I don't have, I have a choice to where they go. Okay. But the police, there's no choice. Who's in like, they are the police of the community. And right. we like, that's where my mind went. Like, damn, I'm not a parent, you know, but I just like, damn, if I'm a parent, like what? Like you have a choice to where you bring your kid, but the police, they technically, physically, legally can separate you and your kid in some manner or fashion. Somehow it's being done. It's been done. And that's a real thing that like, we don't have a choice over no matter who we are. You know, I really think, and that's, it's, it's sad and in a reality. No, I hear you, bro. I mean, look, dog, I grew up all my life never liking police. Um, I did like TV show Chips. You're probably too young to remember that trail, but Chips was a big, you know, it's obviously they remade the movie like in the last three or four years, Chips. And, you know, obviously it's higher patrol and I just deal with cops here and there, blah, blah. I just never liked cops. I'm just curious. Do, do you like police or do you not like police? I, I don't dislike police at all. I liked, I think the idea of police is important. My uncle was a police officer, like, my like my family is super. So my dad's been donating to like p- injured, what is it? Uh, families of police that are injured, that like need help. Like he's been donating since I'm a kid to those things. Always been supportive of police. I'm not one of those that's like we don't need police. I'm totally not about that. My thing is, when police do wrong, they should be held accountable. And when they're not, I do start looking at the whole system and organization. Right. And I'm willing to find flaws in the whole thing from the bottom to the top. But, you know, dude, I love people for real. I love people. I can tell, Doc. I can tell. You seem like a very genuine person. so when I person. see a cop, I'm like, you're a human. Like, I like, I want to believe you. I trust you. But then you're like, fuck, you wear the uniform. And that's what, that's what throws me off. <laughs> I mean, some of these guys, you know, they were bullied in high school and they fucking came back and they want to be, they want to bully back. But anyways, man, tell me about your app. I know you had a new app, not Checkpoint, but something else. You're telling me something you had. No, it is an app, Mr. Checkpoint. It basically is Yelp for police. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, that one. Okay, so your app, Mr. Checkpoint, is, can you download it on on Apple right now? Yep, it's iPhone and Android. We have like, um, I'd say over 60,000 downloads. Nice. Thousands of uploads. And a lot of it's actually been relevant to Corona as well. And Remember when all that military stuff was happening and some of it was false shit and some of it was stuff being moved and whatever, but a lot of the helicopters, all that stuff, people were reporting in the app. So the app has two main functions. One is if you have an incident with police, you can upload it, tag the department, where it was, 
the officer, the badge number. Then you can write what happened and upload it. Nice. People in your area or across the country can view those videos and rate them one to five stars. Nice. Um, so like think of it, Yelp for police. And the second thing is it's like Waze, but you don't have to be driving to know where the cops are. How often are you using Waze? I mean, I use Waze here and there. I use Google Maps more than anything. Well, and I don't use Waze right, like but that. I'm, but, but, but like while we're all home, right? It's like, or I'm just saying, you'll get a Mr. Checkpoint notification. Like if you're at the club or if you're at home or it could be relevant in your area. It doesn't oh, nice. have to be like you need, you'd be needing to use it. Um, and then another thing is it connects you to lawyers. So it's like right now people are getting tickets for no face mask up to $1,000 fine in Los Angeles, social yeah. distancing up to $1,000 fine in Los Angeles. And if you're breaking this, um, the stay at home order, it's a $500 to thousand dollar ticket, but it's also a misdemeanor. So it's up to six months in jail, which probably won't happen at all ever. Right. But those are all things. There's landlord tenant issues people are going Listen, through. Bro, so, let me yeah. tell you something real quick, just so you understand this, though. For the people who, because I've been speaking to, to like attorneys who, who deal with public defenders and you know the state, if you were to like not worry about a five hundred dollar ticket because it was social distancing or stay at home order, whatever it may be, and let's just say, for instance, it, it is a misdemeanor. So let's say you do get that ticket. You're not worried about the six months in jail. Understand this: if in three years when all this shit is done and everything else, whatever, and you're driving, you're being normal and you're just chilling, you'll have a failure to appear. You'll have that thing on your fucking record if you fucking decide to ignore it or whatever it was. And then that becomes a warrant, dog. And that becomes issues. And then, then that's when they pursue you, bro. I've had a failure to appear for stupid shit, dog. For really, I'm telling you, bro, for literally a seatbelt ticket. I had no fucking idea. And the seatbelt ticket, bro, the seatbelt ticket was in fucking Modesto. I live in Los Angeles. You know what I mean? That, that's, Modesto's even far from San Francisco in a way, right? Like I had to go over there to deal with this. And this was in the early 90s when I was in college. So it wasn't like you could fly, like me now, I can fly anywhere. If I had to go to court in fucking Paris, motherfucker, I'll go to, you know, it's not a problem. <laughs> but I, you know, I didn't have it like that back then. I was broke as shit. Yeah, bro. I always say, don't let a small thing become a big thing. Like, no, real shit. That dude. is the, that's so huge. And, you know, that's where I've, I've literally been fortunate to find some attorneys who literally do shit like they do good work and they do take payment plans and shit. And it's literally like just get that stuff handled. Do not think it's going to go away yeah, at it's not. all. It will always Parking be in the state tickets, systems. You'll lose your car. Yeah. Small fines will be bad. Like Trust all me, man. Of it, and they go on ugh. and they go on. Anyways, look, man, great advice. You seem like a solid dude. Uh, do you know, as far as, look, at, I, I know, look, this is sucks because most of my followers of this podcast, they're really spread apart. I can't say there's a majority in Los Angeles. They're really all over. Now, I can say that there might be more LA, New York people than a lot of the places, but this is a, I'm telling you, bro, I have fans everywhere all over the world. But right now, this is from my Los Angeles fans because I'm curious Senate, is there an area that's he more heavily patrolled than there is anywhere else in LA? Like, can you tell me, can you tell me a street where it's like there's more cops? Is, is that such a thing? If not, then don't worry about it. But is there such an area that's more heavily patrolled than anywhere else? I mean, I would say there is a few streets for sure. Like, look at the Santa Monica Boulevard in West Hollywood near the sheriff's station. Oh, right? you know what, listen, bro, you don't want to fuck with that area, dude. Listen, for anyone <laughs> so here, listen, guys. 
You do not want to be on Santa Monica Boulevard from La Cienega to Robertson acting stupid. I have never, I don't care if it's 6 a.m., 7 p.m., 4 p.m., Sunday, Monday, Thursday, Friday. It could be fucking 2 a.m. You don't ever want to drive between Robertson and La Cienega, and it seems like a good little stretch. You don't want to be on Santa Monica acting stupid there. There's always going to be a sheriff somewhere. Yeah, so that that one for sure. I mean, look, side streets always have less. I will say this, checkpoints pop up typically in the same area. So the one in West Hollywood will be like, typically it'll be like Sunset Fairfax or Santa Monica Boulevard Fairfax. The one in Beverly Hills will always be Sunset Doheny in front of Boa and it's going also, into Beverly Hills. also on La Cienega and Wilshire. I've always seen it right there. Like uh, once you pass Wilshire, right between Wilshire and Olympic, there's always a fucking checkpoint there too. Yeah. So they do put them in the, those in the same areas. And obviously now though, there's no checkpoints for sure. Even during this time, we do have our constitutional rights. So it's like, you still don't have to tell them where you're going. But look, to be honest, if it's me at this time, you know, will I tell the cop I'm going to the store? Probably be just the scent to, you know. Understand like, this. And let me say, if a cop asks you where you're going right now in this day today, in the next two weeks, you fucking tell them, bro. If you're going in the next 30 days, you need to tell the cop you're going to the fucking store, going to the hospital. Say anything you got to say. Don't say you went on a fucking drive to clear your head. That is not the fucking thing to tell you the cop. No matter what your constitutional rights are, whatever it is, man, avoid any kind of stupid shit. Just avoid it. It's just, it ain't worth it. Whether it's, you know, I know <laughs> you're going to say it's your, I mean, I know your rights, what your rights are. But again, right now, and even me, man, you know, just stay home, bro. You know what the fuck is you like? I went out last night to get essentials because my kids, they love Easter. That's a different thing, you know, but my last question for you, bro. And if you don't, you're not comfortable with it, this interview ends, <laughs> but I got a question, man. <laughs> Damn, what, what, that's pressure. What the okay. fuck? What was up with that video, bro? With the fucking cop fucking touching his penis, bro? What the fuck is going on with that video, dude? <laughs> what the fuck? Where, where, what city was that in? Do you know? And what? <laughs> I mean, I got no comment on that video, but that's the craziest video I've ever. That's the what's what's wild is that's the only video that's so crazy that I can't share. Like, I think I'll lose my account if you share that. Really, you think so? Hey, you do it. <laughs> I mean, I shit, dude. I, I listen. If it got that bad enough, I, I guess you know what though, man. I'm I'm such a big target now. But yo, man, um, Senate. You know what, dude? You're an honorable person. I'm so happy you came on the show. Um, so download Mr. Checkpoint on either the uh, Droid or Apple store. How do people find you on social media? I mean, yeah, Mr. Checkpoint. It's the one with an underscore at the end. Mr. Checkpoint with an underscore. And, uh, is there a Mr. Checkpoint without the underscore? The, yo, so that one got deleted at 11,000 followers when, you know, the night Trump came into office. Yeah. You do you know the video where his uh, son was yawning? Do you know that video? Mm, I vaguely remember. It's funny. Like he looks like he ate a bunch of sour skittles, kind of thing. He's making funny faces because I think he's super tired. I don't know. Oh, the I young posted, son, Baron, the little, little kid. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I posted that video, right? Eleven thousand followers. Within twenty four hours, that video had a hundred thousand views, and then twenty four hours after that, my account was gone. And it's if you go to at Mr. Checkpoint, it says user not found. I mean, you you got but you you got verified, dude. Yeah, I'm ver like the one now is verified. Okay, so then why don't you have them take away your your the underscore? That's stupid. 
I have had no one be able to do that. I might even. I'm, I'll ask one of my one of my Facebook guys. Um, so oh, on uh, so on Twitter, are you at Mr. Checkpoint as well? I'm at Mr. Checkpoint, but I'm honestly not as active. Like I think Instagram, I'm way more active. Because Twitter's my on... favorite app in the world. That's what I use the most. So really, yeah, man, it's the best. Dude. Do you it's... notice though the engagement fly off a cliff, or is it still cool? Uh, I would say the engagement on Twitter is probably much better, especially for news. If you want, you know, something in real time, you got to remember. But for your content, like when you share stuff, you feel that or no? Um, listen, you got to remember, I'm just talking about being vocal and talking about current events and things like that. You know, Instagram stories are good. Again, look at man, the algorithms right now are the worst they've ever been. Like I just saw Black China's page. She has 16.6 million followers. She has likes between 38,000 and 60,000. Even if it's an ad, who cares? There's still like real pictures that she shot and there'll be even like regular pictures for content that aren't ads and they're like you know ninety thousand likes you have to understand that's really low like insanely Dude, that's awful yeah it's and terrible I've been doing the social media shit since literally checkpoint 2011 and yeah to be honest i started on twitter and now i'm like fuck it shit but check but instagram's terrible too that's why you got to build the likes that's why everyone all your fans need to comment on all of your stuff because that's how the algorithm gets tricked. Trust so, me, I know. I know exactly you know? how to trick all this shit. I've been in this long, too long. But what I'm getting at is when you're talking about news and current events, you got to remember, Twitter is the only thing that actually has a chronological timeline. So, And on top of that, the savages are on Twitter. People put the savage shit from Twitter onto Instagram. So if you want to get some real-time quick shit, Twitter's good to get my people talking here and there, whatever. I don't really want to talk too much on Instagram. It's different. Um, but anyways, man, look, man. Senate, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Man, dude, we got to have you come back and we'll do an update after all this shit is over with and, and tell me some more crazy pullovers and things like that. But uh, again, man, thank you for coming. And um, yo, Miles, man, do me a favor, man. Play a little of that Lakey Lake. weekend wrap up which means we got fan questions uh i just want to make a note real quick we are going to skip jackass of the week i know i'm sorry there's a lot of shit going on this week you know what i'm saying it's a, it's a lot going on on this episode so yo we got so much that we can hit jackass of the week next weekend wrap up but fan questions are needed so let's get into these motherfucking questions uh, Santitos91 writes, Yo, Ben, what up? Santos from the IE. My question is, did you attend Game 7 of the 2010 Finals? And what was your craziest story involving the Lakers that we might not know? Um, no. The crazy thing is, I was at a bar in Glendale with, with my wife, right? It's crazy. And her whole family. I was at a Filipino bar called Noy Pits in Glendale, California. I'll never fucking forget this shit. And it was game seven. I went fucking crazy. It was the first time I think Nicolette's mom saw me go crazy. And I think she was like, my mother-in-law was like, yo, fuck this. He's fucking, I went nuts. I threw shit in the air. I, I just went, because we were, that shit was, we were done, dude. Kobe played terrible. It was like fucking of all people, Paul Gasol came in and saved us. Like that just wasn't Kobe-like, right? But yeah, that's why I watched game seven. 
Um, craziest story involving the Lakers that we might not know. Now, it might not be the craziest. It could be, but because I'm on the spot, and you guys have to understand this, Jordan Winters, one half of the Dust Brothers, when he pulls these questions out, I just, you know what I'm saying, I freestyle it. I don't look at them all day long, sit and whatever. He gives them to me at nighttime. I go over them, boom, and, and that's what it is. In uh, 95, I was done with college and shit. 95, I'm in LA. I'm broke as fuck. And uh, shit, I, I got to do this without saying names. One of my boys is a starting, I can't even say his position. I'll say he's a starting player on the Lakers. And um, I'm going to Laker games here and there. And we just all got high as fuck at, uh, outside the forum. You know, they're playing at the forum then. And we got lit as fuck. And uh, we're high as shit. This is a fucking game day. <laughs> and so these motherfuckers are smoking weed at halftime, smoking during the game. It was crazy. Every, damn near everyone on the team was high. I'm talking like eight guys, you know, so so four starters and like four bench players. Nobody who just sat all the eight players, legit. We was just high as fuck. Um, they lost that game. It was crazy. Then after we uh, we went to Taco Bell. I don't know why. Don't ask me why. I went to Taco Bell in Inglewood, right by the fucking freeway. And right by the fucking, uh, by the airport. God damn, I'm fucking tripping right now. And uh, it was just fucking weird as fuck. And I remember going to my boy's house and he had some fucking, dude, I'll never forget this shit, man. We're at the drive-thru. Motherfuckers are high as fuck. We're inside. We have Porsches, Range Rovers and shit. These motherfuckers are balling out of control. NBA players living the life. And we get to the fucking, to the drive-thru and uh, one of the dudes from the Lakers says, hey man, let me get one of them quasadillas. And I just, I've never heard that before. And this was, mind you, this is fucking 1995. Shit was incredible. I was like, yo, you motherfuckers retarded. We listen to fucking Master P, West Coast Bad Boys. We listen to real underground hood shit, man. It was crazy. Um, it was right before I started at Priority 2. And uh, I don't know, man. It was just, that, was, that was probably the craziest shit I could think of. I remember we went home and the motherfuckers had a Rottweiler. And they gave him the fucking chicken quesadillas, which I knew was probably a fucking bad idea. But that's my craziest story. Uh, LC from Denver writes, Hi, Ben Baller, not Ben Humble. This is a tough time for everybody. I'm fresh out of college, washed up D1 athlete, and don't have a job yet. I was looking one for, uh, for one, but now I really can't go out to work because my mom has lung cancer. And if I catch the virus and pass it on to her, then it's game over. What is your suggestion on making money and helping out family during this time without risk, without having to risk exposing the virus from being outside? Much love, hope things are well with you and your family. If you are a real D1 athlete, um, I just came up, like I said, man, I just read these questions off the top of my head, so I got to come quick with it. One thing I'm noticing now is if you can, I don't know, man, this is crazy. Um, you can, uh, whatever following you have, whatever it may be, if someone could help you, someone else, one of your teammates from college that could help you out as well, spread the word, someone that knows you well. And and they had to be, if you're at a D1 school, somebody that you know, on your team did something, right? And uh, you could ask them, like, hey, listen, man, whether it be basketball, football, baseball, I don't know what, what sport you played, but I think right now while people are, you know, out of shape and not doing well, whatever it may be, I think you could possibly do an online via Zoom or via FaceTime, whatever it may be, and do some training skills with kids, you know, get some fucking, get, get a bat out, I don't know, get a basketball out, you know, watch yourself shoot, you know, shoot fundamentals, you know, show, you know, shooting techniques with your hands, uh, what exercises you worked on when you played and show, show these kids, 
like, you know, seven-year-olds, eight, nine, 10, 15, 20, or, you know, whatever, but, you know, high school, junior high, and, uh, you know, right before junior high, that'd be a good idea, man, just for a small hustle, man, it could be like, you know, it could be for a little money just to, just to get shit popping right now, you know, do it for fucking $25 an hour, whatever the fuck it may be, and just get a bunch of clients, you know, if, if you're doing Zoom, you know, put in the code, boom, and, and, you know, do that shit with Zoom, and, have these kids, whatever. I'm telling you right now that, that that's the only thing I could think of because you haven't told me any of the skills you have. Uh, but but hey, man, I wish you the best, and and I hope your mom is good, and I hope uh, she beats cancer, dog. Fuck cancer. Chilango de por vida writes COVID nineteen cases. What's good, Ben? Shout out from St. Paul, Minnesota. Do you think that we have COVID nineteen cases here in the states? Back in uh, December, I remember on Christmas time being extremely sick with the flu like symptoms. I also lost my sense of taste and smell. And the rest of my family got sick and all had COVID-19 systems. Have you heard any similar stories? Also, do you really think it came from bats? Um, I think that a lot of people got sick and got better. And a lot of people, those stories, I've heard that from a lot of people. Like a lot. I'm talking like 50 plus people who are friends of mine have all said that. And I've heard other people, you know, casually express that. It could be possible. There is a test right now that's free. I know you're not in Los Angeles, but there's tests out there where you can test and see if you had it you know, and you've recovered from it, or if you haven't had it, and you obviously, you know, still whatever, but it, it would show, so you should check that out, um, and look into that, I think the Dust Brothers posted it, maybe on, uh, on the Ben Baller pod page, I'm not exactly sure, but, uh, it's likely, bro, you know, but then I have a, I had someone who had that exact same thing, and didn't have it, so she got tested, and boom, uh, do I really think it came from bats? I don't know, man, you know, I saw videos of eating beats at bats and shit. And who fucking knows that shit can't be good, right? Like, who fucking knows where bats, what the fuck they're eating? Who fuck? I mean, I haven't really thought about it as much. Even my son thinks that they came from bats because who the fuck knows where he hears it from? But do I really? I, I, I don't know, man. I, I'll be honest with you. I know a lot of shit about this COVID 19. I don't know about the bats. All right. Um, Zero Cool 25 writes Everyday Essential. Hey, love the podcast. Want to know if you can do what's your favorite everyday essential or what's in your pocket. I know you did one back in the day. It would be kind of cool if you did an update. Keep doing your thing. Much respect. Yeah, man. You know what? I'm going to write that down right now. Um, let's see. Daily essentials. Yeah, man. That sounds cool, bro. Big contracts writes, what up, Ben? Love the pod. Glad you're keeping it real while we all house locked down. Top favorite albums of all time. Fuck, man. I think I've answered something similar to this, but... <sighs> Fuck, man. NWA Straight Outta Compton's got to be one of them. Bob Marley Legend has got to be one of them. House of Balloons, The Weeknd, got to be one of them. Shit, dog. I mean, there's a lot of albums I like, you know, fucked a lot, a lot of Dr. Dre, The Chronic, Dr. Dre 2001, Snoop Dogg, Doggy Style. Yeah, man, those are, those are, those are definitely, you know, big ones. That Weekend album did something to me, dog. I'm telling you, that motherfucker, I haven't heard him do anything since to touch House of Balloons. And, and you know, it's crazy. I know festival people who would just book him just to do House of Balloons. Not fucking, and people think that all oh, his other shit's bigger. And yeah, that, that album took me to a different place, man. Uh, 420 Steven writes, thank you for the pod. What up, Ben? Thanks for always be keeping it real. It makes your podcast fun to listen to, unlike others. That sounds so monotone with question after question. Anyways, my question is, 
Have you ever been and gambled at the Windstar World Casino at the Oklahoma-Texas border? Uh, I've only been to Oklahoma like twice, man. And nah, I've never been there before, bro. So I'm sorry, man. I wish I could experience, uh, I, I could tell you an experience there, but I, I, I've never been there before. Uh, Bop and K writes great podcast and suggestion. Yo, Ben, been a longtime fan. You're doing a great job on the podcast. With regard to the virus, I suggest having a show where you invite someone with an opposing viewpoint so you can have an intellectual debate based on facts and not just raw emotion. I think there are times you go a little overboard and discredit others that may not agree with you by cursing them out and calling them stupid, which doesn't help your cause and alienates those that are still on your side. I think you and us and the audience can learn a lot from an exchange. Let me be clear. I think the threat of the virus is very serious. I'm not downplaying it at all. Just remember that there are two sides to a story to hidden agendas, hidden agendas and are always going behind the scenes. I hope you take the idea, idea seriously. Still rock with the show heavy. Hope you and your fam are safe during these troubled times. Hey, Bop and K, bro, appreciate it. Let me tell you something real quick, dog. I don't really know many people who oppose me. Um, the people that do, that I see on my, just like, because I can't go, you know, just randomly, right? The only people that I see out of the 400 some of the people I follow that are opposed to what I say, which I don't tell them they got to be anything, right? They all think it's 5G. And, um, you know, there's some logic, right? There's I've never heard a doctor except Dr. Drew, right? I haven't seen many. I mean, there's people out there that are saying this. There's one doctor, I forgot. There's an Indian dude that's been saying some things right now. And more of his thing is, is the economy issue, right? And, uh, you know, intellectual debate based on facts. I mean, there's facts. You know, people are like, hey, listen, you, you have to understand this. I'm being honest with you, man. I got people on a regular basis, right? And there could be 70,000 comments, right? And I could see two. And you could say, oh, well, you know, it came from the Washington Post or hey, it came from CNN. And you get somebody like, hey, man, come on, bro. CNN, come on, bro. Washington Post. Let, let me tell you something real quick, man. Look, journalism is a difficult job. I'm just starting to realize it. You know, I've never been a journalist in my entire life, you know, but I am in the journalism field. And I've been doing this for eight months now, and I understand. Um, I've met journalists. I've dealt with some ones who are amazing and done um, insane fact-checking um, when it came to the Maasai issue with uh, Toronto Raptors. This one lady from the Toronto Star or the Sun, whatever it was, the biggest newspaper in Toronto, she went above and beyond to do her fact-checking. She was. She even knew when I wouldn't talk about something, and she knew I was I was kind of bullshitting about something because I didn't want to get dude in trouble. And um, let me say this. When there's something in a newspaper and people are like, oh, don't believe what you're reading, you, you, you can't be that guy, right? You know, and then look, there has been lately more than ever, more than ever has the media been fucked up, okay? I personally, I don't give a fuck what Donald Trump says and be like, oh, well, you should be by, look, man, if someone says anything wrong against me, I don't give a fuck if they say something that's wrong. Oh, your wife did this. Or if she did, she did. I can't hide that. I'm going to be honest. But CNN has kept it the most consistent. I can't fuck with, I can't rock with Fox. You know, that's one there. But when it comes to like Washington Post and, and some other, you know, legitimate news sites, you know, you got to remember, man, a lot of people think it is emotional and, and, and it is because of my son, but I'm not going to let emotion blind me, period. It's never been my thing, do you know, because I'm responsible for spreading this to, you know, nearly 2 million people across my social media. And then, you know, the 
six figures of people that listen to this podcast. So with that, I get it. Some people think like, hey, man, where is your facts coming from? Certain things, right? You got to remember, I think I've explained this unless some people forget, you know, I'm in a group chat with doctors, not just doctors, doctors on the front line in China, you know, one being in Hubei district, another being in Shanghai, another being in a very, very ground zero fucking area in the Bronx in New York City. And there's just ER doctors, other people. Now it's everywhere, you know, so I'm talking to these people and it's factual because these doctors are experiencing it and they're telling me. So I'm not going from them to someone else to me. It is me to them. It is direct. So it's not even, it's more direct than getting it from the actual news source, which is like, let's say it's CNN, whatever the fuck it may be. You know, there's, there's so many doctors out there, but I, uh, I don't know if you listen to Jordan Belfort's, you know, he was completely against it. He, and his daughter got it. Me and him were whatever. Um, calling somebody stupid because they don't want to stay at home or because they think that, you know, this many people aren't going to get infected or whatever it may be, or it's just a flu. I mean, bro, whether that's my opinion or not, it's still factual, bro. You know what I mean? You have to understand. I didn't even think that we'd be in the six-figure range of, of infections. I said that other people had said that, epidemiologists, virologists. I didn't think it'd be here this soon, you know? Um, and, and it's going to get worse. But yeah, dog, I mean, shit, man. If someone, if you look at, do me a favor, Bob and Kay. You DM or you email benballerpod at gmail.com and you send a doctor, you think whatever, and and we got a big enough platform where even a big doctor be like, fuck it, let's go on here, boom. And we can get on a Zoom chat, we can get on whatever. I, I'm, I'm game, I'm not tripping. But you find somebody who has an opposing viewpoint and you explain that. So with that said, let me be clear. This threat of the virus is very serious. You aren't downplaying it. So what do you think? You think there's a hidden agenda? Now look, could there be a population, you know, uh, control issue? Could this be the new world order where there's like a microchip, things like that or whatever? Could there be the vaccine that's weird here and there? Bro, I'm open for whatever, man, right? I'm not into conspiracy shit right now. And, and I'm open to have a discussion with anybody. So you tell me who you think you've seen is completely polar opposite of me. And we'll have that discussion. Thank you for your question, brother. Uh, yo, Ben, what kind of shampoo do you use? <laughs> no, it sounds great. Crazy because I don't really have much hair. But I use Bulgari shampoo, man. And uh, I think it's way too fucking expensive but I've stayed at a lot of five-star hotels that use Bulgari. So I steal an insane amount of shampoos. So if I'm there for three nights, I might bring back 15, 16 shampoos. So I've had enough to last me for whatever. So now I think, depending how long we're on lockdown, don't know how long we're going to be, you know, what that happens. But uh, if we're talking about something basic, that's just simple. I mean, head and shoulders is basic for, for scalp control, right? But uh, I use like method. It's simple. It's it seems you know eco friendly, and that's what it is. Um, Pave Luno writes, "I ain't got no cable, Amazon Prime, YouTube TV, smart, etc." Question. Um, okay, well, cool, bro. Listen, I just fucking cut a gang of my fucking channels out. Whatever. Uh, there are a couple things I definitely need, like the local news and stuff, right? I know it's like, but I mean, I want to watch it in real time, so like, I don't mind paying the hundred bucks for that. Uh, question: What are the best alternative? investment options other than the markets over the next 24 months. Um, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but uh, I, I don't invest in stocks, man. So, you know, and real estate, I don't know. It's tricky right now. So 
I think gold is definitely, you know, probably the safest. Again, though, I think right now, if you do have some loose cash, you know, but if you have enough to put away and not think about, yeah, gold's cool. But, you know, gold doesn't go, gold's safe. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't like skyrocket here and there, whatever. You know, I, I've played with Bitcoin. Now I am hearing some crazy things about Bitcoin. And I, and I do think, look, man, do I think it could go fucking crazy? Yeah, sure. Why not? Am I going to invest into it? I don't need to. So I don't know why I would. Um, that's not really my field. Uh, um, I'm more, you know, like like hustles on, on, on things that, that happen when the economy is open. You know, now the economy is not open. I'm kind of stumped, right? But I do have a podcast. So, um, yeah, man. I mean, gold is good. Uh, fuck, there was this thing that my boy Rich brought up, man. I fucking totally fucking forgot. You know what? I just remembered. My boy had invested into 1-800-Flowers because a lot of people are, are sending flowers right now. And the stock went up a lot. It is crazy. Like it went like it, it did really well in a short period of time because people are sending flowers and everything else. Obviously, before Easter, whatever, there's people who have funerals, people's families are dying. People are sending flowers more than ever now. And uh I guess that's I don't know. Sounds sounds legit. Uh AJ from Long Island writes, What's good? What what's good, Ben? Can you explain a little more uh, on how to invest into gold bullion and the acre gold app? Uh, I signed up for the Gate Acre Gold app and have about 20 grams of gold bars, but I don't know where or who to sell them when I need to sell. Also, do you think it's a good time to get some platinum because it's down in the 700 ounce range? Can you please explain? Thanks a lot, big homie. Uh, first question, platinum. If you can get some platinum, $700 is real low. I ain't gonna lie to you. I ain't seen it 700 in a long time. It's at a good price right now. You know, the only thing is, um, which, which could be a good thing, right? As far as actual platinum, Platinum, there's there's not a lot of platinum left in the world. I don't know if you know this. It's something I was told from the director over at Rolex because uh, I, I, I don't want to say it's a shortage. I just don't think there's a ton, right, pun intended, left. Uh, as far as gold, I don't know how you guys would sell it, but I would be even interested in buying it. You know what I mean? Gold is, again, it's a commodity. Uh, this is something you could sell for spot at any given time at a pawn shop even. You could walk into a jewelry store, place that buy gold, and make sure if you have bullion, they'd have to give you a little bit above because you actually had it in the physical Swiss bar form or the gold coins form if it's minted or whatnot. But that's pretty much, you know, I mean, you could sell on eBay. You know, it's not difficult. But again, you'd have to be searching for people who wanted gold, and it's not tough. I mean, you could even Google in your area in Long Island who buys gold, and that'd be, you know, that'd be the best place for you to get it. But um, a lot more people than you think buy gold. Uh, J underscore Reezy says, Ben Baller spits game. First off, appreciate all the knowledge and free game you throw in our way. I heard you say you have a great lawyer and found myself in some legal trouble. Can you let me know his name and law office so I can consult with him? I'm LA local. Hope you and the fam stay safe through everything. Uh, J underscore Reezy, email benballerpod at gmail.com. I will be honest, he is quite expensive, but... If you are in trouble, he's going to get it motherfucking done. If not, he might be able to recommend somebody. Uh, good luck, brother. Um, Psy16 writes, Alvin uh, from Chino Hills. Hey, Ben, since being put on your podcast by a friend, I look forward to your pods every Monday and Thursday. Before COVID, they were getting me through almost four-hour round-trip commutes. My question is, what are your thoughts on Taiwan's approach to fighting COVID and the WHO totally ignoring it for political reasons with China? 
even though it could have helped the entire world. Thanks and hope you and your family stay safe. Uh, I think Taiwan is doing the right thing. I think they're doing their thing. I think the who is a bunch of fucking clowns. Um, I can no longer believe the who. I can no longer believe the World Health Organization. They at first said, oh, we wish China was being more transparent with their numbers. And then now the shit's got exposed. And then now they're in cahoots with China. It's a bunch of bullshit, bro. It's it's really, the, the, the who is really kind of showing their ass. This is fucked up, man. They're, they're showing favorites. This, this is crazy. You're the world health organization. You should be completely not biased. You should be, you should divvy up everything in perfect fractions throughout the earth, right? Everything should be fucking divided up equally. So, man, you know, Taiwan is doing their thing. So is Hong Kong. I had said that before. Uh, at Mike Blount, Writes Tops card was good, bro. I copped the Frank Thomas card. Was curious if I could send it to you and get it signed. Hope you and yours are staying well. Hey, Amen. Everyone that wants to get one of their Tops cards signed, you got to get a little, give it a little while. I'm gonna figure out when and where we can do that. And uh, I want to wait a little bit. We still got 18 more cards coming out. Um, Mike Trout is coming next. I got that card. Griffey's coming soon. But I want you guys to wait so that I can uh, get this going because I know that people are getting antsy. They don't want to wait for the for the hobby shop shit. And uh, I will do that. They're, uh, I don't know, man. It's gonna, I'm going to figure it out because now uh, the hobby shops are obviously, and it's, it's fucked. It's fucked up, but it, it's my time. You know, plus it's money. It's legit. Uh, they're probably a small fee. Wouldn't be anything big. It'd be small, man. It'd be, it'd be, and when I say small, bro, I'm talking about like $25 or something, whatever, just to make it make sense because these hobby shops that I'm doing contracts with, they're going to be charging people and everything else and I get a cut from that, whatever, and my, my time and everything when the, when the when the travels and everything opens up and the economy opens up. But yeah, dog, just hold on and uh, I'll tell you where you can send and everything in an episode to come. King Fonzie writes, love the pod. Have you ever made a piece for a Bangladeshi? I think I might have. Um, I, I think, yeah, I have. I, I can't remember who, but I, you know, I, I think I have. Sorry. That's as best as I can answer that. DLU07 writes, saving versus investment. Hey, Ben, what percentage of your savings should you invest instead of keeping it in the bank? Ooh, man. That's a tough question, dog. That's a good question because it applies differently for everyone, right? I mean, someone could have $100,000 and invest 25000 and then someone could have, you know, $7,000 and then what are they investing? Uh, you're going to have to be a little more fucking descriptive. You have to give me, you know, like what you say. But I think it's fair to say, you know, 20% of your savings could be invested because, you know, you could maybe sacrifice 20% of your, save, 20 of your savings, correct? That's just where I take it. Um, I've never gambled, like, big time part of my, my savings. It's just not worth it, especially where I'm at now because it's a good chunk of change and my kids have a trust. I have a life insurance policy. I have things like that just to ensure that my kids get, you know, taken care of, hopefully, you know, I pray they do. Uh, Jay from Vegas, legit merchant services from cannabis business. How would one market a merchant services solution for cannabis business? Um, if you're talking about accepting credit cards legally, I don't think you need marketing, bro. I think you're going to be a fucking billionaire, you know, this year, you know, in 2020. And uh, I'm dead serious. If you have, and listen, I have one guy who I think might have it right now, and maybe it's coming along. I haven't checked up on it. Um, obviously still 
every cannabis business can only accept cash or debit. Um, obviously, they can't for the federal reasons. Can't even have the bank accounts and shit, right? If you have that legitimately, um, yeah, email the podcast, benballerpod at gmail.com. If you have that, you are going to be very rich. That is for sure. There's no question about it. Um, is this uh, COVID-19 going to kill another 100 people? Yes. That's about as sure as you being rich if you have a legit Visa, Amex, MasterCard, Merchant Services for Cannabis. Two brains whites, no cable. Hey, Ben, best podcast, period. Thanks for the COVID game early. We good here. I have no cable. I have Cat 6, though, throughout the whole house, and I use Apple TV. No satellite dish on the house, no coax. I have Hulu, Stars, Netflix, Disney Plus, and, of course, YouTube. I have great Wi-Fi. I love it. Thanks for the podcast. What's your favorite rap song ever? Shit, man. Do you know I've I've been asked who's your favorite rapper or your favorite rap album? My favorite rap song? Fuck, man. I, I bro, I, I couldn't even answer that question. Uh back to uh the cable shit. That's crazy. I have cat six running through the whole house too, but I don't even know why the fuck um I have Apple TV. My next question for all you guys do you guys have local ABC, NBC, and CBS in real time? I ain't talking about some app. I'm talking about in real time. Turn it on, boom. Do you guys have that? And how do you guys have it? Shoot me a, a reply on the on the five-star reviews and let me know. Justin hates stupid apps. Wrap-up question. What's good, Big Ben? Been rocking with you since Nike Talk days. Young, got a question. Would appreciate some guidance. I recently ran into some legal troubles. I caught a firearm charge along with a few minor charges due to a rat. I've been shopping around with lawyers and thinking of going with a celeb lawyer who represented a lot of artists, rappers we know today. I know you said save as much money if you can as you can during this pandemic. So do you think it's worth it to get a top-notch lawyer or you think I have a chance of dismissal or anything lighter than getting hit with a felony in time? By the way, the firearm was there in the first place because my girlfriend almost got kidnapped on March 19th and we have Police reports, I don't want to incriminate myself, but I thought I'd give you insight of why I have a firearm. Not some kid who thinks life is a music video. Much love to you and the fam. Take care. Uh, you know what, man? There's a dude who listens to the show. Uh, I forget his name. I think it's John Park or something. He's a, he's a chiropractor on Orange County. He had talked about that, and we had gone back and forth about it. And like, you know, there, there are tricky ways, right? If someone breaks into your house, you say, hey, listen, man, boom. They uh, are an intruder. You know, and you have anything else and, and, and you shoot them and you go to jail, right? You can do everything else. If you have a good attorney, if you approach it the right way, if you, you know, were in fear for your life, those are the key words. And there's a lot of things, right? I know it doesn't work with everyone else, but I think me being with the public figure status that I have, um, I think about what I do for a living, children in the house, things like that. Um, there are different ways. Plus, you know, going in front of a jury is a whole different thing, right? Now, with this happening so goddamn recent, Jesus Christ, you know, this is less than a month ago. Uh, again, man, you said firearm charge. Um, you know, I, I need to know a little more info, but I will tell you this, you ain't going to have a motherfucking court date for a little while. And it, with, a, with a good attorney, you could have that shit pushed back for a while, while. Now, if you're in Los Angeles, you know, California, they're real strict with this shit. You know, they're, I doubt they'll drop the charge. You know, they're, they're probably going to pick it up. The DA might pick it up. Again, it's a lot going on right now. So, you know, it's a crapshoot. I will say that. Now, if COVID never happened, I would say 100%, you need to get a fucking attorney. 
Now that COVID's here, it's very tricky. I haven't talked to my attorney yet. I'm actually going to have a conversation with them about it because that's just really weird. I don't know what's going on with this shit right now. So, hey, man, good luck, though. But, yeah, email, you know, and, and let me know a little more information. And uh, I don't know, man. Just keep it confidential, though. Don't talk to anybody, bro. You should only talk to an attorney. I'm not an attorney, too, by the way. So, realistically, you know, I think you should get some some uh, advice, professional advice. Um, Uncle Luke writes, one, do you think now is a good time to sell off hype for liquidity to pounce on the real estate downfall in months to come? Uh, two, white tea gang, but too many people are getting ruined due to quality. I know you shared before what types you rocking, but give your boys some refresh. Most importantly, thank you for the COVID knowledge. My fiance is a flight attendant from United, so we just noticed. So when we noticed China flights were starting to get canceled in early February, as a confirmation of your words, also made me realize even more. So think for yourself. We were able to prepare for our families well before the madness. FYI, we are from Brooklyn, Queens. I actually stepped my game up at work during that time with the whatever it takes attitude and kept my company um, and was kept by my company to, due to this. After my fiance lost her job, clearly I am still able to work. Also, hence selling the hype for liquid. Appreciate you, big bro. Um, that was, uh, uh, listen, man, you're welcome. Thank you to everyone who, who sees that I was trying to spread, you know, awareness and stuff, you know, early on. Uh, let's start with the easy part. White tea gang. Look, man, for being out there because I've gained some weight, right? And I'm 200 pounds right now. Um, nothing's going to be a Stafford. Stafford white tea is just the best fucking TV tea there is. There's no t-shirt that's even fucking with Stafford. Uh, Stafford is only and exclusively sold at JCPenney. You can go to JCPenney online. I use the heavyweight tea. There's no better tea when it comes to that, just for that solid rock tea, right? Uh, there is a university style white tea that Uniglow makes. They're a little more expensive, like 20 bucks a tea. Um, there's this Champs tea that they make. Uh, I got to get the fucking exact name and, and, and um, but I can't find it nowhere. It's also a heavyweight tea, just like, you know, I don't rock with Pro Club. Pro Club is too hood white tea. AAA is cool, but again, it's not. It's not Stafford. Stafford's just a better tea. Uh, Kirkland does have a really, really good tea as well. And they come in a six pack. The Stafford's come in a four pack. They're not that many white teas that are that great. Uh, Comfort Colors makes a good tea. The only problem is you have to really have a great washing machine. Um, Everything else is whatever, you know. That's about it, man. Topshop had an amazing white tea, but, but it just, you couldn't find it anymore. It fucking sucks. And it was tall too. It was because I have a long torso, so it was different for me. But Stafford's definitely, you know, one of the best. If you're thinking about something like light and like thin and that that type of like, you know, fashion-y type material, then yeah, man, go ahead and go with the fucking James Purse. But that's just not really, that, the necklines, that's not really me, man. It's, I'm not on my, now when I was skinny and everything, right, might've been on some sexy shit, but it's just, that's just not my thing. Uh, going back to, sorry, do you think it's a good time to sell off your hype for liquidity, meaning like your Supreme and Bape shit like that? I mean, look, man, if you have some stuff that's kind of peaked and whatever, that might have taken a hit too, you know what I'm saying? So you don't know if you're going to be able to get what you think. So, But people are out there looking for it. So, you know, if you need to go on StockX, or you need to go to fucking Stadium Goods, you need to go to where the fuck you do, uh, round two, whatever, you, you know, wherever you sell your shit. Um, yeah, why not? Now, if you're talking about toys and art, I don't know. You know, art, I think, is going to stay, you know, for a while. Um, but the real estate downfall, bro, I'm going to be honest with you, dog. You know, there's people in certain areas, like my neighborhood, you know, I had somebody that was selling their house and then 
she was like, all right, fuck it. I'm moving to a different neighborhood. So I'll sell the house for a little bit less because you know what's going on. And she had to postpone her open house. They had to cancel it. So doing virtual open houses. And then she finally got a buyer. I was like, all right, boom. And they offered her like a hundred grand less. She's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll take it. It's still a profit for me. And then the dude came with 250,000 less and was like, yo, it's COVID. You know, it's a bad time to buy a house. So if you can't do this, I can't buy the house and try to put her in a position. And she was like, yo, um, check it out, man. I'm good. I'm gonna hold on to my crib, man. I'm chilling. Like, you know, this shit's gonna, this shit'll pass and I'm straight. So you might have a lot of people who are, you know, who, who have equity in their homes and can pull out or whatever it may be. And so they're cool. Uh, the only, you know, pounds in real estate might be condos and things like that. You know what I'm saying? And like Midwest areas or areas where, you know, middle class and shit like that. I, I don't know, man. That's a tough one. And how, how much fucking hype do you have? Are you talking about you have, you know, you know, a couple hundred grand minimum? You have a couple million? You know, it, it's tough. I'm not looking to buy any real estate anytime soon. I'm not even tripping on that. But then again, you know, um, I'm going the opposite. I'm looking to buy motherfuckers, you know, skate decks that are rare, you know, cause toys, things like that. Clothes and shit like that, man. I'm in and out of the motherfuckers. It is what it is. That's the best answer I can give you. And the last question of the day is from KT Westside, Ben the Wash God. What's good, Ben? Uh, I'm from the 206. I was born in LA, then I moved up to Seattle in my teens, but I've always been very LA about everything. I'm into photography and all that, and I just got done watching LA Originals on Netflix and just wonder if you got a chance to watch it and your thoughts on it. Thanks for keeping me informed on COVID-19. I've been telling friends and family about your podcast, and they're getting annoyed every time I brought up info from the pod telling me to shut up about Ben and all that. And now everything you have said has come true, and now they want to act like they weren't annoyed and telling me the info from your pod is more reliable than the news. So keep doing what you're doing and wishing you and your family health during this time. Yo, bro, from another Los Angeles local who has uh, Seattle love, I, I appreciate you, homie. Big time love. Um... I am about to talk about LA Originals and the outro of this show, and uh, it's fucking amazing. I was a part of it, you know, even though I wasn't featured in the thing, I was with Tunes for a lot of that. I have known Cartoon for 30 years. Um, fucking amazing. It's the best thing on Netflix right now. Fuck Tiger King. That shit is really, really good. And that is all the questions that we have, motherfuckers. So let's get to this motherfucking outro, and let's get the fuck up out of here. Cheer. As far as uh, staying busy, I got to be real. I, I got three kids, okay? They're starting to get a little bored here and there. But me, sh my wife especially, uh, we're slammed with shit to do, right? Like I said, she's the fucking principal of the school. I'm the teacher or I'm the vice principal. And we're both teachers and we're both parents. It's like, it's crazy. And, um, you know, I got work and other shit. I got ideas in my mind I'm trying to fucking think of i got people hitting me up for chain ideas which is crazy in the pandemic um i got shit to do all the time okay and uh my wife is sewing her life away right now she's going crazy she's making as many masks as she can she doesn't have any seamstress working for her she's doing it by herself uh she bought a gang material she has filters now too so it's fucking on right my wife is making some, she's getting so good she made kaya london and right of their own masks I took uh, Kaya out yesterday for a little scooter ride, and she had her fucking mask on. It's so fucking cute, man. She's just, oh my God, she's such a little fucking feisty girl. I thought Ryder was the fucking troublemaker. She is the biggest troublemaker. Anyways, every hour of each day in this quarantine has been accounted for, 
all right? Like, I'm literally busy as fuck, okay? And uh, Friday night, we rented the new Trolls movie, Trolls World Tour. And I, I'm going to be funky, man. I'm going to keep it 100 right now. That shit was buns. I, I don't even know if it was low-key. That shit was buns. That shit was kind of trash. It was, um, the first one was much better. And again, um, this was $20 for rental, just so you guys know, right? Um, now, if we went to the theaters, you know, for all of us, it had been, shh, my daughter to everybody, it had been, you know, 150 bucks for that trip, even if we had like the fucking discounted parking, whatever the fuck it may have been. And uh, if we had gone to the movies, it had been way more. So I'm not complaining about that, but I know other people, $20 is a lot, you know what I'm saying? And it just wasn't, it was all right. I, I expected a lot more, especially because the first one was so good. But um, most of the other movies that had same day releases or at least, you know, early that were in the theaters and they released them, they're like $20, but to own or 24 bucks to own. And I get it. You know what? It is what it is, man. Fuck it. Um, I watched this movie, Tiger Tail, uh, about a Taiwanese dude who left China and left this girl that he loved to move to the United States. His, his mom and dad had passed away and so his grandma raised him. He lived a tough life. He had some kids in America he worked hard and then his kids grew up and went through some similar struggles with their marriage. And then they were talking about the challenges or whatever shit. I don't know. And then the father reconnected with them with his wife because they got divorced. And look, man, I want to like this movie a lot. And it got a shitload of praise in the Asian community. My boy Bobby Hundreds was pushing it really heavy. And uh, look, man, this movie was so fucking underwhelming. Like, damn, man. Like that shit was a good movie. Like there was parts of the acting was good and the things were good, but it was like a half movie. Like there was, it ended with no ending. And I'm like, okay, well, this is based on a real story, right? I kid, this dude worked hard his whole life, whatever, nothing great. So let's just end with nothing great. Like it was a bad ending, which made me, you know, I don't know, man. And again, if that's what it really happened in life, then okay. But fuck that. Like, come on, man. It's Hollywood. And it was supposed to come out in the theaters, but obviously COVID-19 stopped that. But I don't know, man. You're supposed to back Asian films and things like that. But it's like, bro, like, I just don't look at it like that. you know. And you know I back my people. I back Korean people. But, like, I can't back something just because. And it was a well-made movie. It's just the story. It's just like, come on, man. Like, you know, some people are like, yo, why not say anything? Be pop. Man, shut the fuck up. All right? I don't mind if anybody has anything to say to me. And I go back. I battle everybody. I don't give a fuck. As long as you're honest and being real, you know? Anyways. I'm thinking about watching Tiger King again. I don't know when I will, but I'm just thinking about giving it another chance because I didn't get past the fifth episode. I know they bought another extra one or some shit or whatever. Again, I'm waiting for fucking Bosch. That shit comes out next weekend. I cannot fucking wait. That is the best fucking television show that's come out in the last 10 years, period. I think it debuted five years ago or the fuck it is, but that's the best motherfucking show on Amazon Prime. It is the best show, period, though. I like that shit more than fucking, uh, the fuck was that show called? Power. Power is fucking good, but this is different because it's LA. So obviously, I look at it differently. Um, once again, I bought uh, a kid from Coney Island to support my boy Rich Kleiman and my boy uh, Kevin Durant, but I haven't watched it yet. I fuck with Stefan Marbury. We we're neighbors. He lived in my building for a little while. I will watch it. Uh, what else did I watch? Oh, yeah, I watched the Lorena Bobbitt documentary that Jordan Peele did, and uh, it was all right. It was okay. I mean, I was super interested and there were some informative things in the first episode. Um, back in 93, when the shit actually happened, I remember watching this and it was, it was every single comedian, every single person was talking about it. It was crazy. 
you know, and I remember watching on court TV and uh, I thought about it and I was like, could you fucking imagine if a lady cut her husband's dick off in 2020? And the, the, the thing about this that was good though was that there's more information, right? Like she was saying she was battered, she was raped and all this other stuff and then fucking John Wayne Bobbitt said he wasn't. I don't know, this is fucking... Anyways, I couldn't imagine how fucking massive with social media the memes would be crazy if fucking some woman cut her fucking husband's dick off. But this was back in the day, you know, there was no internet. And even still, the fucking news and media, shit was a frenzy. Um, Do I recommend it? Eh, I don't know. I, mean, you, I think there's a lot of shit to watch, actually. Right. But look, man, I also said this. Look, I'm watching shit that, you know, some things are good here and there, whatever. I'm taking chances and stuff. I like watching old movies I haven't watched in a long time because it's just, that's just something I've always done. But they can't all be Rosies, guys. Right. Not everyone can be a fucking winner, period. Oh, yeah. So the, the UFC's canceled, which I thought was going to be popping. I thought Dana White had it figured out for sure. But I guess, you know, I mean, shit is, I mean, you know, this shit ain't no joke, man. You know, people, you know, are, Again, they ain't taking it serious. Not saying that Dana wasn't taking it serious. He wanted to do it about it, the, you know, the right way. But I guess maybe it set a wrong precedent. I don't know. And Dana got motherfucking mad paper. Um, I still think there is no way basketball and football happens this year in 2020. I ain't talking about the the rest of this basketball season. I'm talking about the next season. I, if it starts in 21, I don't know how. The, again, man, this shit is crazy. You know, uh, it just doesn't make sense. Stephen A. Smith had said you could do baseball. You could do, you know. MMA shit without a fan, without an audience and fans, but you can't do football and basketball without it. And I agree, man, straight up. Um, I guess for entertainment, some of you guys, uh, what else? You guys got Netflix um, and uh, you got Pornhub. Uh, speaking of Pornhub, I, uh, Mr. Jordan Winters, one half of the Dust Brothers, he sent me this map, right? And it was a map of the United States, of all 50 states. And in each state, there was a color and the color represented what the most popular search item was for each state, right? And Cali and most of the West Coast was Asian, Asian porn. Like, I don't watch Asian porn because it sucks. Like, I mean, there hasn't been, I'm trying to think of a really fucking badass Asian bitch in porn. I just, I have some weird taste too. I don't know. Anyways. Japanese girls from Japan, I forgot what that one shit, I don't have watched a ton of, but there's, the porn girls in Japan, they're the most lit, period, right, the only thing that sucks is they mosaic all the shit, so you can't see the fuck, the dick going, whatever, it's annoying, but their girls are way better, in general, right, like Asia Akira, she's just not that, I'm not a fan of her, I don't know what it is, now, I know that sounds fucked up, if Asia was like five, seven and taller, certain things, yeah, but I don't know what it is, man, I just never really, I don't know. Um, so anyways, for Texas, the most popular was was lesbian. That was the most popular search. For Illinois, it was MILF. For Washington State, it's MILF. That actually makes sense for Washington State. I don't know why this is funny to me, but it does. Uh, the entire Dirty South, like Alabama, Atlanta, Louisiana, and shit, whatever. It's Ebony, which doesn't surprise me, right? Ebony is a crazy-ass word. Remember, Ebony was fucking banned. It's still banned on Instagram. You can't hashtag Ebony because there was so much porn that was being shown on Instagram. It was crazy. Um, New York State is threesome, which is interesting because it's the only one that has threesome. Uh, Maine and Connecticut is teen. That's, I don't know, bro. <laughs> 
and the most random fucking Pornhub searches per state is Michigan and Florida. All right. For Michigan, it's racist. What the fuck is racist porn? I'm going to check it out soon. Maybe after this podcast, right? And for Florida, it's boats. Boats? Really? Like boats? I don't know, man. Anyways, shout out to my homie, Aria. She gave me a lifetime premium membership for Pornhub and all kinds of admin type shit and perks. And I love Aria. She's so dope, man. I don't know. She's giving me like fucking hoodies, t-shirts. Gave me that fucking little shoulder bag, which is fucking lit. Um, so, yo, let's talk about the most entertaining thing that happened this weekend. Yeah, of course. RZA from Wu-Tang Clan versus DJ Premier beat battle. The hype on this was so fucking crazy. Like, there are some people I know, some real famous DJs. I won't say because I want people to talk shit about social distancing or anything. But they went to a sports bar that I guess someone owned to put it on the big screen and on the stereo speakers. Like, for the backpackers, the real hip-hop heads, the heads, right? H-E-D-Z or H-E-D-S, the heads, they were calling this a Super Bowl of beat battles. And to be real, shit started off shaky as fuck. Okay? And check this out. If you're really in the know of industry, hip-hop, hip-hop industry insider shit, then you know the rumors that were flying around and all that shit that was being talked before this battle happened. And just know, the sound being fucked up on RZA's feed was so typical, it was crazy. It, especially if you know, like the way, it was so fucking typical. It just made all the sense in the world. His sound was so bad, it bummed me out, you know? I mean, it was so fucking bad for like four or five rounds, I almost considered turning off the fucking battle. This was the first battle I mirrored on my Apple TV, threw it on the 98 man cave screen, right? And played it, and it just, man, Another thing, too, is, which was crazy, was, was I noticed some of these guys, right? They aren't real DJs. Like, okay, I'm sorry. They're not like nightclub, like, you know, DJs out there dealing with people on the streets and stuff. I mean, though, Premiere would DJ a club and things, but it's like a different type of thing. Premiere is not going to, even though he did a Christina Aguilera beat, he's not going to play like so much dance, like today dance music. You know, back in the day, be hip-hop dance. It's different. Um, they played for themselves, you know? They didn't play for the crowd, which in a way was kind of cool, but it, I don't know, man. There was way more B-side and even C-side shit that, you know, they could have gave the fans more, I think, right? I don't think it was the best battle so far, but it was good. It was exciting to see all the people that were watching the battle. You know, I started scoring it for a while. Obviously, this is by Versus, which is Swiss Beats, Timbaland. I think Ebro has something to do, I'm not sure. Joe Budden, I don't know, man. But this was the most relatable battle to me because I come from a real OG hip-hop background, right? I was ahead from that era. Um, I was so excited about it that I called DJ Homicide like at 12 o'clock on Saturday, and then I called Alchemist. Me and Alchemist were on the phone for like 30, 45 minutes. Then I was like, fuck this, let's get on live. And so I got Alchemist on my live, and he was so fucking excited. He called the Super Bowl. He's like working out. He got a ball of wine. He got his weed ready and shit before the battle. And uh, we began to talk some shit on my IG live. Um, we analyzed the tactics that might happen, how we thought it might, you know, which way it could go, 
evidence from from dilated people jumped on. Uh, who else is up in there? There's a lot. Actually, there's a bunch of heads that were in through that and that live. Scott Venner, my boy from um, Entourage, music supervisor. Um, I was talking to Cuddy about it, and you don't want to know what Cuddy said, but anyways, we talked a little bit about DJ AM, and of course, uh, the old school era days, you know. And people still don't know that I was a pretty big DJ in LA. At one point, in the most premier Hollywood clubs, I was probably the most known DJ in, in there. That's just facts. You know, if Michael Jordan was talking about him playing basketball, it wasn't that because this is a way smaller platform, but it was what it was. You know, I was the first DJ to have a billboard in Vegas before AM, before DJ Kid Capri, before Calvin Harris, Stevie Oak, and all these guys. It's fucking decades before these guys, right? Anyways, um, I played some unreleased Aftermath Entertainment music and snippets from my first mixtape with Hitman. Um, that mixtape was called The Murder Weapon. Not my first mixtape ever. It was my first mixtape with Hitman, right? Because I was an Aftermath A&R from mid-90, or mid, like late 96 to 99. And then I became Hitman's DJ. And I went on tour and all that. And then I retired from DJing in 2004. But we printed 5,000 copies of The Murder Weapon. And there isn't one single song on YouTube, which is crazy, right? I'm going to upload it soon. Uh, for sure, I'm going to upload it. Shout out to my boy Fake Shore Drive. He he was like, yo, I got to hear that shit. Um, after I began to talk about the Hitman situation a little bit on Twitter, Tyler, the creator of all people, text messages me. And he's like, yo, bro, you work with Hitman? And you know, Tyler never knew I had a music background. He still didn't believe it. Even like a few years ago, Homicide was breaking down. And he's like, yo, bro, Ben was a big deal in music, blah, blah. He doesn't understand. And it's crazy because his manager is like fucking somebody who, you know, I worked directly with. And I was like, bro. I tell him, I'm like, Tyler, your manager, right, aka the person who has been the anchor and muscle for your career on the business end from fucking start of your career was was at our parent label and was acting A&R for Eminem, you know, like he's part of that whole team on the Interscope side. And I was A&R for Aftermath and, you know, Aftermath Entertainment was obviously a, a label distributed by Interscope. Technically, it was a fucking production company. So um, I was like, ask him. I was like, you know, but even Clancy, Chris Clancy, shot to Chris Clancy, shot to Kelly Clancy. Clancy was even after my time, kind of. I was kind of in between. Well, actually, you know, he was there, I think. I, I don't know, but that whole crew shot to, uh, fuck, man, there's too many people at Interscope I could fucking, but I just was talking to Gary Morella, who has been in the game forever, and that's my dog. He's at Interscope for a long time. I can't believe he's still in the fucking game. His brother used to work with me at Priority, and uh, I think Gary manages Timbaland now. He manages some other people, too. But anyways, I reconnected with Hitman last night and it was crazy because for a good 24 hours straight, I just reminisced about the days with Hit. You know, this guy wrote 90% of the of fucking Dr. Dre's rhymes on 2001. He was the only person on the 2001 album, which is one of the biggest albums in hip-hop history ever. It is top 10 biggest album in hip-hop history ever, right? Hitman was the only person that had a single on there. He was the only person with a solo song just crazy, right? He's just so fucking talented. Um, Forrest Gump story. Forrest Gump. Mike Dean, super producer from H-Town. Mike Dean is a Kanye West and Travis Scott's main producer, okay? So, so obviously a huge producer from the real Southern era, um, Rap-A-Lot days, Scarface, so Mike Dean chimed into Twitter and he's like, yo, Ben Baller was at Aftermath Entertainment A&R 
and I came to do some beats for King T and they thought I was a fraud. And I'm going to be honest with you, bro. 1997, 90, 96, different times. A lot of racism is just out there. You know, imagine motherfucker walks in to get a deal. Black guy, wherever the fuck he's from, Brooklyn, could be from fucking St. Louis, can be from Atlanta. You see an Asian dude, you're like, come on, man. And it might be better than seeing a white dude, right? But they're just like, what the fuck does Ching Chong know and whatever. And it's just fucking true story. All right. I'm at record one, you know, Aftermath Entertainment Studios, and Mike Dean walks in and he looks like a 70s porn star. Okay. Like, no, I couldn't fucking make this up. He looked like some Venice Beach dude with his fucking hair. It just looked like, I mean, this dude didn't look like he even listened to uh, nothing but like the Beach Boys. All right. This dude had some super short shorts on, not even European, like cool, like short shorts. He had like, they were just short as fuck. He just looked like a surfer. And I'm like, where the fuck is this? This dude must be the engineer. Like, where's this thug fucking Southern producer at? And he's sitting there and Mike Dean is high as fuck. He's he's on mushrooms and ecstasy out of his mind. And then, you know, he's like probably like, fuck this dude, Ben Baller. This guy's a dick, right? He begins to play me and King T and Dre some beats. And uh, Mike Lynn, I forgot who else was in there. And my boy Seagal. Um, and he's playing beats and we're all fucked up. Like, I, we're like, whoa, shit. Dude's really Scarface producer, you know what I'm saying? He didn't talk much, but he let his music talk for him. And it was crazy. It was an experience I'll never forget. It was amazing. Mike is such a big part of the culture and current hip-hop now. This guy's produced some insanely legendary albums that you guys know now. So obviously, you know, all the new Kanye shit and everything else. I didn't see Mike for almost like 15 years or so, right? And then during the Watch the Throne tour, I had to meet up with uh, DJ Mano, who was uh, Kanye's DJ. And uh, he was having lunch with Mike, brunch. And I seen Mike, I was like, holy shit, like, what's good, bro? Like, oh, shit, I don't know you're producing this fucking album and everything else. And so me and Mike Dean hugged and smoked a big fat ass spliff and chopped it up. And uh, social media has kept us in touch. And um, my Forrest Gump story is pretty dope, you know, cause fucking as crazy as current. Uh, speaking of more entertainment and old school, I watched uh, LA Originals and it's a documentary. It's the best thing on Netflix right now. My two big homies. Mr. Cartoon and Esteban Oriel. Uh, Cartoon was my mentor, as well as the main tattoo artist that has tattooed most of the shit on my body. Um, he's my mentor for years. And this shit is so deep LA culture and so fucking good. I had to save it for last to talk about it last on the show. Uh, a lot of people on my Instagram lives, my DMs and comments kept asking me, why wasn't I in it? And uh, to be honest, like I'm... Like, totally honest. That's a really good question. Because I got no beef with Cartoon. Uh, the day it premiered on Friday, Cartoon and uh, and Estevan, they hit me up, text me like, hey man, we're gonna do some press for this. Uh, will you join in on our, on our podcast and this this and this news uh, Zoom that we're doing for interv- doing some interview on Zoom for uh, for Ski TV or, you know, DJ Ski and some other show to promote LA Originals. And I did it. You know what I'm saying? I still talk to Cartoon often. Got love for, I was there, you know, when his son was born, his firstborn, and it's still all love, you know, but yeah, no lie, it is really weird with how much history we have, how I didn't even have a small part in it. It's a little odd, but yo, listen, please watch it. It's fucking dope as fuck. It's going to be an interesting week. Please stay inside. The police are giving out citations, tickets to those who are out without a mask. 
um, in certain states. Obviously, if you're not out for essential business, you're just out there fucking for no reason, for whatever, you only want to see your girlfriend or some stupid shit like that. And I say stupid because it is. Just stay home. Um, it's not worth it. Uh, the tickets could be a misdemeanor. You know, you end up going to court for this shit. It could be 500 to 1,000, whatever. I know you're bored. I know some of you are lonely. And the lonely part is the crazy part, especially for the old people who don't have anybody. It sucks. Look, man, if you have somebody, you have a grandpa, grandma, some friend who's older, someone, anyone. Listen, man, this is the time you FaceTime everyone. You call somebody. You fucking video chat them. You know, talk to your peoples, man. You know, I know a lot of you are stressed out. And I hope this podcast entertains you a little bit. You know, I do my best to give you the updates, what's going on, how to move forward, how to make a buck. Um, for all my artists out there, keep it pushing, keep drawing, keep designing. Let those designs stack so when it's time to shine, you got an arsenal of work to flex with. I love talking about throwback shit, you know, because I had such an interesting life. But it was like, shit, man, listen, man, I was struggling through most of those times. I love my current life. Right. But to be honest, I have no idea what's to come in the future. Like, and I mean the near future, you know, I, I have no idea. Uh, Trump is an idiot. It's not up for discussion. For those of you who support him, if you can't see that he's fucking up the country and that he's fucked up the country, then you're blind and crazy. People think I'm biased, but look, I always call it fair. I've always called it fair, even against my own people at best. For like a super homie, I didn't want to see fall or you know fall off or anything. I'd let shit slide to a 60-40 maybe. But I just can't allow fuck shit to happen on my watch. Right? And I hate to say this, but I think part of fixing the economy and where the fuck Trump's head is at and these other things, I think we got a war coming. I mean, I, I've talked about it with some people I know and everything. And I just I think it's inevitable. I don't know, I, th- I think it's been a long fucking time. We haven't had a war in a long time. I never discuss war, not with casually, not with friends or anything. I was petrified of that shit for a long time um, in the early, super early 90s during Desert Storm. But I feel like it's coming and maybe it might be necessary. I don't know, man. Shit's been going on for a long time. Um, There's bad blood between the countries, Russia and things like that. Now China, it's just going to get bad. And look, look at real quick. Let me, let me just calm you. Look, at, it's not going to, I'm not talking about bombs. I'm talking about like fucking nuclear shit, like motherfuckers going to bomb New York City or, or fucking Milwaukee or some shit like that. That's old technology, all right? I'm not going to get more into it, but yeah, I think it's going to happen. It sucks, but uh, I think inside three years, a lot of enormous changes, more changes than we've ever seen is going to happen, And uh, but I think hopefully inside two years we'll be in a better place, but I think there's going to be that, and people are like, oh, how can it be a better place if there's a war? I mean, I don't know, man. I just think uh, in a couple years, we'll be in a better place. And uh, it's going to get worse before it gets better, obviously, and that's the truth. But, you know, to stay positive, time flies. You know, time goes so fucking fast. I look at my kids. I look at London. look at his feet. I look at his hands. I'm like, damn, he's growing in front of my eyes. And it's like, you got to make it last every moment of the day. All right, you got to make it worth something. Remember, what do I tell you every week? This is not your practice life. And with that said, we are fucking out of here. All right. I love you guys. I will see you on Thursday. Yo, man, we rocking right now. We're on that motherfucking, we're on the fucking main stage. 
right, guys, I appreciate all you guys. Keep telling all your homies about Behind the Baller Podcast. And, uh, yo, we out of here. Lakey, take us home, homie.